What's good, y'all? Welcome back to the Playmakers Corner Podcast. This is episode 234 here. I am one of your co-hosts, Simon Villanos, a.k.a. Coach V. And I'm your other co-host, Cody Stauffer. And this is February, or today is February 9th, 2023, just so that we go ahead and timestamp that. And this is the final episode of this top five seniors list series here, where we go ahead and evaluate the best seniors at every position here in Colorado. That is the class of 2023. And so by this point, uh, signing day has passed. And so we do have, at least for this top five, all the commitments here, which should be official unless something drastic just changes out of nowhere here. But we're talking about quarterbacks. And let's, I mean, let's just go ahead and hop into the process here. We got 10 categories. We do this for every uh, position group, but we got 10 categories. And then every category, we give each player a grade 1 through 10 based on where we feel like that skill is here. And so just to go down the line once more, uh, basically, because you know these players are in our top five you won't see too many uh grades below a five but just throwing this out there a grade from five to six it's about average to below average anything from seven to eight you know it's solid probably will need improvement on the next level though uh the closer the grade is to eight the closer it is for uh them to be a two star maybe low three star talent at that specific skill and then after that, eight to nine, that's a pretty big range there. Think three to four star type of talent in that skill level. The nine to 10 is basically four star to high, uh, four star, five star type of prospect, uh, or sorry, type of skill for that prospect there. And so you give them those grades for the, for those 10 categories for quarterback. Here are those categories. It's arm power, arm accuracy, timing, uh, on throws and then overall mechanics slash fluidity, which is still mechanics, decision-making skills, scramble ability, throw on the run ability, pocket awareness, pocket movement, frame slash size. Also, we are considering injury history in that one. Just throwing that out there. And then your overall grade here once we add everything up. And so myself and Cody, we go ahead and we evaluate every single prospect on our own, make up those grades there. Then we do come together, talk, adjust prospects, uh, grades that we need to and then we go ahead and average that grade uh, Add his and mine grade my grade together and then divide that by two in case you don't know what average means And that is the PMC grade and that's how we rank players the higher the grade the um, Higher the prospect is on our list. So that's how that works here uh, We have watched every single one of these prospects more than once whether it's in game during practices or in the off season or whatever we have watched every single one of these players more than once i think actually for all of the players all the quarterbacks on this list we have seen twice each except for one who we've only seen once uh or sorry no actually i did see him twice just kidding so there you go we've seen every one of these players at least twice between myself and Cody so a lot of research has been done some of these kids we've known uh, since they were like sophomores too uh, doing their thing a lot of three-year starters on this list which is super exciting love to see that 
And then I am also going to throw this out there. You know, not only do we obviously look at highlights uh, to see some of their best plays, but we have watched full games and we rewatched full games. Uh, we talked to different people and whatnot to come to a conclusion. And then on top of that, I have also uh, went ahead and evaluated two of the top quarterbacks in the entire country in this class. That is Jackson Arnold and Arch Manning, both five stars. And so I have grades for them. And then I basically went ahead and compared those guys to the type of prospect these players are as well. And so Arch and Jackson Arnold are basically the, uh, the bar here, I would say. You know, and we adjusted accordingly from there because a lot of, I think, Almost all these players are going to play on the D1 level, so you got to start comparing them to some of their competition. I think that is fair to say here. Now, Cody, is there anything else I missed? Oh, sorry. I did miss something. If you are on this list, that is an automatic invite to interview with us. Uh, we'd love to have you on the show. I know we've interviewed two of these players already, spoiler alert. But we'd love to have the rest of you on and those guys on again as well. Super open to that, uh, to catching up, talking about this, and talking about their future as well and we'll probably be reaching out to everyone who's made our top five list that goes for everyone so there you go there but cody is there anything i've missed before we move on to our number five quarterback here yeah so i guess one thing i want to put out there for anybody invited onto the show because we get this question when we ask people to come onto the show is how is it done we just do it over skype um so really flexible in that sense and we try our best to accommodate to your schedule because i mean you're you're the star of that episode right and uh also shout out to all the fans who know who coach v is talking about when he says that we've already talked to some of these guys and uh shout out to the new fans or uh you know as the old fans would try and gatekeep and call you fake fans go ahead and just dig through our episodes you'll find them so uh go ahead and dig through our episodes and uh find those old interviews and then the other thing I want to say is, you know, I just want to reiterate, you are on our list for a reason. We obviously look at all 10 of these categories, but, you know, we're looking at, at every position. But, you know, especially quarterback, this is the most valued position on the football field. There are more angles to evaluate a quarterback than any other position, I'd say. And it's because it's an irreplaceable position. It's a really horrible position to mess up when recruiting. And so, you know, obviously you have to take into stock everything. You have to look at, you know, what's going on around them in their personal life. You got to look at GPA. You got to look at multiple, multiple angles. You got to get, you know, insider information from teammates and all the assistant coaches, opposing coaches. And you just got to really dig for the quarterback, especially if you're recruiting that quarterback to be your guy, right? And so I think that is something that is important to keep in mind on top of these 10 categories, the overall scores and the averages between Coach V and I, you know, especially at quarterback, it is such an important position to do a whole research paper on. And, you know, I just want to emphasize, too, that the honorable mentions that didn't make this list, we also got to see, you know, a handful of times or somebody from the pod got to see witness. We looked at their film and, you know, we our evaluation runs really deep. So, you know, th this is our top five. Take it or leave it, honestly, but we advise that you take it because, I mean, we've we've done our fair share of evaluations. Like Coach V said, he looked at national guys for comparison. 
this is you know one of this is probably my favorite list to do just because there are so many angles to look at it for and we are so critical and we have been for the past few years and so i think that you know this year it's very exciting to have as talented of a class as this is you know through the national rankings and stuff like that but also you know just within the state and growing the game of football here but um coach v i i think i tagged on a bit a little bit there is there anything else that you have to say before i introduce our number five 2023 qb well i just want to agree with you as well i mean i'm gonna throw this out there because i feel like i have to each year but you know hey i grew up in texas i grew up with a great quarterback uh that was just right next door who is the current starter for the, well maybe not the current starter but he will be the starter for the arizona cardinals right now and kyler murray he's a heisman winner and then you want to know where the other two quarterbacks are currently in the super bowl from they're both from texas uh spoiler alert both jalen hurts from the houston area and then patrick mahomes from white house so I, hey, I've seen good quarterbacks, you know, and even to this day, I mean, Jackson Arnold, he's from Denton Geyer, you know, I know dudes who went and watched him and told me what they thought about him, and so I went off of that uh, as my baseline as well when evaluating Jackson, which, you know, did went ahead and uh, affected everyone's evaluations here. It doesn't help anybody to be soft playing the quarterback position because you can't afford to be it. So, uh, look, it's probably the toughest I've ever graded, and I'm nitpicking, but it's for a reason. And if you're mad that you didn't make this list, uh, except for one, really, you know, it is what it is. You got to continue to get better. You know, take into account what I had to say about each of these quarterbacks, and then look at yourself. But, uh, yeah, Cody, go ahead and talk about our number five guy here. Uh, a great story by the, a lot of great stories, honestly, with these quarterbacks. But go ahead and talk about it. Yeah, this I mean, you know, the quarterback position in its nature is pretty uh, narratively strong. And uh, this position group is no different. And this first guy here is no different. Great dude. And that is Evergreen's very own Tommy Paholski here standing in at 6'1", about 195 pounds here. And this is a historic quarterback, statistically the best quarterback in Evergreen history, which is crazy because just a couple years ago, you know, little Evergreen contributed a top five quarterback in Griffin Loritano and Griffin walked so that Tommy could run here. Let's go ahead and talk about the things and, you know, the grades here with Tommy. So going, starting from the top, working down, I have arm power at an 8.3. Arm accuracy at an 8.4, timing on throws at an 8.2, overall mechanics slash fluidity at a 7.8, decision making skills at an 8.3, then I have scramble ability at 7.7, I have throw on the run at 7.4, I have pocket awareness at 8.6, I have pocket movement at 7.9, and frame slash size at an 8.2 for an overall grade of 80.8. So, you know, right there on that uh, high two-star, low three-star door. And, you know, I think that we'll talk about his commitment later, but I think that he'll have a chance to compete on the, on the next level for sure. But, you know, just talking about things that he does well, at, at his highest grade here, it looks like I have, that is pocket awareness here. You know, I think that he does feel the pocket pretty well. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that he climbs it well or manipulates it, but I think that there's a few plays where he can sense that pressure. He has that sixth sense going for him. 
you know, they're coming from behind. They're screaming from behind, honestly. And, you know, they did face some pretty decent ends on the 3A level this year. And, you know, he he feels that and he reacts at the bare minimum, right? And so when I look at pocket awareness, he's somebody who doesn't have to be staring, you know, that pressure directly in the face. But we don't, let's not get too bogged down on that early this episode because the second thing I have here is arm accuracy at an 8.4. There are just some throws here where it's just, it's just clean. It's fresh. You know, it's like opening a fresh pop on a summer day because he just puts it right in that basket for that receiver to make a play, or he puts it right on that boundary where only the receiver can make a play there. I think that he pretty routinely puts the ball where he wants it to be, uh, both through touch or through velocity. I think that, you know, he has ways to get it to his receivers where they need it to be to make a play on it. Now, obviously at an 8.4, it's, it's not like it's hitting them, you know, exactly where they're going to be every single time, but it is pretty routinely where it needs to be. It's in the area where it needs to be. And the area is not like a huge area is what I should clarify there. And so, you know, with that being said, he's he's able to, you know, use that accuracy and squeeze it into some tight windows. And, you know, he can make pretty nice throws and, you know, combine that with solid timing and, you know, solid arm power that I have at an 8.2 and an 8.3 respectively. This is a guy that makes a lot of, very nice throws. I enjoyed watching his film. There are some throws where I genuinely go, wow. And, you know, the same will be said of all of these quarterbacks, obviously, at some point. But, you know, he just has, especially on those on those sideline passes, he showed me some pretty solid touch, honestly, and being able to squeeze that in between the sideline and, you know, to the side of a safety or behind a corner and what have you. And, uh, yeah, I think that that took a huge stride this year. But, the other thing that I want to talk about here as far as pros go is decision-making skills. His decision-making improved so dramatically from last season to this season. Coach V, I looked at my evaluation of Tommy. This was done on Twitch, and he was at a 71.8 from his junior film. I was pretty harsh on him, but I think he responded very, very well to what I had to say. And, uh, you know, his decision-making on that was at a 6.9. There were just some throws where I'm like, what are you doing? But this year, I felt like he went through reads a lot more consistently. And, you know, part of decision-making, I think, is if you don't like any of the throws where you're at, then you can tuck it and and run. And, you know, I think, obviously, that's more predominant for quarterbacks in, in this day. But I think that he did a really good job of not forcing that many throws and you know it's reflected in his td to int ratio i think that it's reflected in his eyes on how he looks around the field uh, especially you know when he's eyeballing a deep ball and maybe it's not quite the window that he wants his ability to to tuck and run it is you know it's solid uh, at that 7-7 scramble ability and so i think that you know huge props on that for really not forcing a ton of throws there are some guys here who Definitely will try their luck a little bit more, trying to squeeze it into some windows. And, you know, they have the arm talent to attempt it, I suppose. But you'd rather not put the ball in harm's way. And I think that Tommy did a pretty good job of protecting the football this year through through that decision-making and through making reads. Now, as far as things that I think he could improve on, you know, I, I compliment his timing. But there are times where receivers maybe, you know, have to have to adjust a little bit more like he shows really good anticipation timing but i think that you know his timing 
on some of those, you know, like if you have to throw like corner routes, I might be a little concerned on the timing on that a little bit more. But, you know, throwing the run ability here is at the lowest out of 7.4. I just don't see... I, there's just a lot of throws and his accuracy takes a huge dip and his arm power takes a huge dip when he's on the run and so when you account for those two things when throwing on the run then your throw on the run is not going to be as good he off platform is just not as solid as i would want him to be and you know i think that he is trying to like get his whole body in and it is improved from last year where he didn't show basically any ability to throw on the run in his film and if he did, it was it was an extra eyesore. But I still think that there is room to grow for his throw on the run ability. And then, you know, I talked to Coach V before this episode, too. And, you know, he, he brought me down on the scramble ability. I'll let him explain that. And in the meantime, I'll talk about his mechanics and fluidity. You know, I think that his footwork is kind of all over the place. Trading between happy feet or being completely still. I think that his base size kind of varies from play to play. You know, and that, you know, there's just there's just some work to be done to just coordinate his throwing motion a little bit more. I think that, you know, his, it starts at the base. His footwork's got to be improved. But I definitely think that, you know, he just has to be more consistent. And I think that, you know, when he tried to move more, throw on the run more, scramble more this season, I think that his mechanics probably took a little bit of a dip back because of that, because he was working on being a little bit more athletic or being a little bit more of a threat with the football and, you know, being able to run the football a little bit, at least to the degree that Tommy's able to, I think that obviously that opens up more things in the past concept. You see more flood concepts, you see more play action stuff. And, you know, I think that he earned those looks through the work that he did in the off season, but maybe at a very small price. Granted, I would say that his mechanics in general did, you know, ah, I mean, it took a little bit of a dip, but I don't think it's something that's unfixable. I think that it's just going to take, you know, some work on that ladder and whatnot. And so, you know, some areas of improvement, some strengths here for an overall of 80.8. Coach V, why don't you go ahead and take it away? Start with strengths or areas of improvement here. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, well, here, let me talk about all my grades just real quick as an overview. Gave him an 8.2 for arm power, 8.7 for accuracy, 8.3 for timing on throws, 8.2 for mechanics, 8.6 for decision making. Gave him a 7.5 for scramble ability, 8.5 for throw on the run, uh, 8.4 for pocket awareness, 8 for pocket movement, and then an 8.3 for frame and size for an overall grade of an 82.7 here. Uh, look, here's the things I really like about Tommy, like you said, Cody. I mean, he's very accurate. He has shown the ability to uh, thread the needle and make some really good throws. Uh, in my opinion, I think he can make every single throw on the field uh, on every level, short, medium, and deep as uh, um, as well as some of those throws on the run. I would say probably more so, uh, you know, just short and medium than anything. 
uh, but you know he'll, he'll still be able to process it and throw it deep as well but really impressed with his accuracy he's gotten really good and um, I mean he delivers some great footballs and some great throws you know especially in crunch time too got to see him live against Green Mountain and Northridge those were arguably some of the biggest regular season games uh, here in his senior season and he stepped up and made some excellent decisions and throws there uh, so there you go. And like I said, I just mentioned decisions here. I mean, I gave him an 8.6. His decision-making, uh, like you said, Cody, has definitely improved. He's gotten better. He's been a real student of the game. I mean, look, versus Northridge versus Green Mountain, those were games he really had to battle. Against Northridge, they were down multiple scores. And he scraped and clawed and dragged this team back into uh a pretty close matchup I mean they had a chance to win it the only reason they didn't is because uh, their coaching staff just made a bad decision in my opinion and you can't control that as a quarterback you can only do with what you're dealt with uh, especially if you're not on the field so there you go there which I don't understand why still to this day but you know other than that he made the right decisions to get them back in a position to win against Green Mountain he consistently made the decisions to keep them in it I mean that was like a double overtime game i'm pretty sure and even the last decision he made there i mean yeah it was it wasn't a bad decision you know yeah it was a double overtime game but the last decision he made um to try and win the game it wasn't a bad decision i know it because i was standing right on the sideline and nobody was open and so he had to tuck it and run he just came up a bit short there and so look he is gonna be a really smart football player on the next level. I like his processing time too. That's what I take in mind when uh, thinking about decision-making skills. He processes defenses really well, uh, takes what's there, knows weaknesses, knows mismatches, all of that great stuff, you know, uh, which is really big. Those That's next level stuff that you got to know on the next level, and you can't always coach that, uh, I would say. But... Let's talk about some of his lower grades. I'm going to talk about scramble ability mostly primarily here. I think he's a good athlete. I think on the next level, he is quick enough and fast enough to be able to extend plays long enough to get the ball out. Now, is he going to be a scrambler on the next level? No, I, <laughs> I, I just don't think he will be. I think he's very agile, and I think there are going to be plays where he's going to be able to pick up small gains here and there, like 5 to 10 yards, maybe a nice 15-yard play if uh, you know a team really screws up. But I don't really just see him as a guy that's going to get 30-yard chunk plays at a time, you know, multiple times in a game. He's just not that, and that's not his game, and that's okay. I think his game is really... Just being a good quarterback, being very smart with the football, being decisive, and being accurate with the football as well. Accuracy is going to matter a lot here. And so I think those are the strengths to his game. Um, I would call him a little bit of a game manager uh, to an extent, but I mean, he's a very accurate game manager as well. He can make some really good throws. And it's not a bad thing to be a game manager. That means you know the game well and you could pretty much step into a lot of situations and be able to do the right thing and not screw a team over because you're doing too much. And I think honestly when you look at some more athletic quarterbacks, they rely on their athleticism much more than their IQ and their mental um, just than their head in general. You know, and that's how you get the Josh Allens and Justin Herberts of the world that can't get past, uh, 
you know, a specific round in the playoffs. But I digress. You know, I really like Tommy's game here. I think he's worked really hard here. Uh, agreed with everything you pretty much said here, Cody. Uh, his mechanics, I mean, they're not bad. I think they're more inconsistent at times than anything, but they could definitely be tweaked. In my opinion, watching through a lot of film in his games, he tends to have just, just not like a lot, just a little bit too wide of a base he tends to be a little bit wider than narrower um, more often than not and so you know you could definitely work on that a little bit here uh, not super high on his arm power I think it's still good enough for the next level maybe even the level uh, after that but you know I think it's solid I think he makes up with it with really good accuracy and really good timing which you know as long as the ball gets there who cares right and as long as you're making the right plays to win who cares? Uh, that's how I approach it, at least. So, there you go. That's what I have to say about Tommy here. Cody, uh, what do you think about that? Is that fair to say what uh, everything that I've said about Tommy here? Yeah, no, I, I agree. And, you know, I think that, you know, it, I think it's interesting that, you know, we we compared notes, obviously, before this. But, uh, you know, the, the unique thing about Tommy compared to these other guys is that he's the quarterback who I have evaluated the most recently on that Twitch stream. Be sure to check it out. And I know I was harsh. I was really harsh on him and, uh, you know, kind of gave him a lot of pointers. And I think that, you know, obviously I, I think I had to be regressed down to the mean just a little bit off the initial evaluation just because, you know, his growth was so spectacular and I think that that's a great, that's a great trait to have for a quarterback that you're looking to recruit. And you know, it's got to be great news for for where he's going at uh, at Iowa, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. And I also want to just re-emphasize this one more time before we talk about him on the next level here. Uh, this is a kid that I really trust with the football in his hands. You know, and watching the Northridge game, the Green Mountain game. He really put his team in a position to win, even when some of those teammates weren't exactly working the best around him. The coaching staff was, you know, they were doing, I don't think they're the best. I'm just going to throw that out there right away. I know he would never say that, but I'm going to say that right now. I think there were definitely some plays that they could have called a little bit better that helped out the team as a whole, but it was what it was here. Tommy, though, still made the right decision never did too much was always even killed i think he's a great leader as well he battles really hard you know in those games i mean those are teams that have a lot of talent you know um they were top teams in the preseason and postseason as well i would say it just didn't quite go their way and i mean he just he really battled and even against roosevelt who would eventually win the state championship i mean they kind of had them on the ropes a little bit there which is something that no other team did really up until that point i would say last season and so i really admired how good he looked in game i think in game he is probably like he looks more of a valuable like quarterback prospect than he does like just looking at like oh how much does he weigh what's his 40 time what are his lives can he make this crazy throw in no pads you know or whatever you know i think he's more impressive in game because you just get to see how he leads and how well he just commands his team and you know gets them scores 
you know, whether it's him scoring or somebody else, he's unselfish that way, I would say. And so really just admire how he plays the game. He had some really good football games, and he didn't win him, so I can't exactly call them signature games. But in my mind, when evaluating those, those were very big-time signature games that I really kept in mind. That in the Roosevelt game as well when doing this evaluation. Uh, so just wanted to throw that out there. But yes, he is committed to Iowa pretty sure this is a pwo i'm also pretty sure this is his uh father's alma mater as well and so he'll be a legacy over there uh really excited for this opportunity i felt like tommy really didn't get a lot of uh looks like he should have i know there were talks here and there you know um we we talked to him a couple of times and we put out some feelers and i know some college coaches you know were taking a look at him but nobody quite pulled the trigger but i think he's going to iowa it's an opportunity for him to walk on and compete and that's all that matters you know as long as it's an opportunity to go to compete you know it's an opportunity right and so you just got to take that and you got to run with it. And I think he is definitely smart enough to play on the next level. I think he's definitely accurate to play on the next level. And so he could really push some guys. And um, I, I don't know if you're really familiar with college football, Cody, but it's not like Iowa's offense was great last year. I'm pretty sure they were like almost last in all FBS schools in offense. Um, well, see, I, I could be wrong. That might be disrespectful, <laughs> but, but you know, they weren't the highest scoring team in the big 10 at all. I could for sure say that. But anyways, what do you think about the fit, Cody? Well, see, I, I work pretty closely with someone who is an Iowa fan and uh, he was not always in the best mood in regards to uh, talking their offense this past season. So, yes, I, I'm familiar enough with with the teams that, that I get to talk about. And I mean, Look, even if you look at it from a numbers perspective too, this quarterback room, there's no nice way of saying it. They struggled last year, eh, this past season. And so, you know, obviously you're going to have transfers, you're going to have recruits, and you're going to have, you know, some some things at play, some things at work, you know, in that Iowa QB room. But I really think Tommy's in a pretty good position to compete you know, not just, you know, in that room, but just looking at all these guys and, you know, looking at shifting parts at all these different schools and whatnot, he's in a pretty good spot to compete uh, sooner than later, I would say. I mean, look, this QB room, you want to talk about protecting the football. That is something that this QB room did not do last year. You know, turning the ball over seven times through the air and just taking a lot of sacks. And, you know, there, there were definitely some concerns and when you talk about Tommy Paholsky and I I want to reiterate you know the patience that he had in that Green Mountain game in that you know Northridge game there are you know I, however many schools are there are 200 other quarterbacks that would try and force something try and force a big play Tommy will wait for the big play and then when it's there he's gonna hit it I mean, that one throw over Green Mountain, that one deep shot over the middle, probably his most impressive play all year. Great way to start off your highlight tape, by the way. I was just, I was thinking after watching that, hey, that could be a pretty good opener. And, uh, you know, just putting it in a spot where no one else could get it. He will pounce on the plays when they are presented to him. So don't mistake him for, you know, not being aggressive. He's just smart. He's smart with the football. And I think that that is something that, you know, these Hawkeyes could definitely use. 
if if they want to um, you know have a little bit better showing on the offensive side of the ball next year. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, he's very mature uh, at this position, I would say. I mean, a mature person in general. I think he's very mature as a quarterback here. I, he sees the field very well. I mean, obviously, you know, his his pops was a coach and whatnot. So he's a he's a you know he's a kid's coach, uh, coach's kid is what I'm trying to say there. And so there's there's things that just naturally transfer over. When you're a coach's kid. I mean Jalen Hurts is a coach's kid. And so there are things that you just understand. About this position a little bit better. And it's very obvious with Tommy here. So love to see that man. Um, and I mean you know. There are definitely worse quarterback rooms. Uh, he could be competing. And he could be competing against Shadur Sanders at CU. Which is not even a competition really. Not because Tommy's not talented. because, But because it's Shadur Sanders at CU. If you catch what I'm trying to say there. And so just excited for him to get the opportunity here. You know, he's going to get a chance to go compete. And that's all that matters. I think, I mean, I don't think this is outside of his level of play. I mean, with where I have him rated at an 82.7 here, uh, I think we're pretty much in agreement uh, with what kind of prospect he is. He probably was uh, more of an FCS type of quarterback, but it's still D1. You know, it's not like he would have been jumping whole levels. So, yeah. Right? That's fair to say, right, Cody? Yeah, no. I think, I mean, it's it's opportunity meeting talent, you know, like it always is. And, you know, this is a really good opportunity. And, I mean, it's another great story, you know. I mean, he gets to compete. He has a chance to compete at a place where, you know, he went. And, I mean, or where his father went and... You know, I think another thing, too, that you have to consider is, I mean, there is such a thing as an alumni, like, scholarship, and there's alumni grants and stuff. So, you know, you look at the deals that he maybe could have got looking at D2 or FCS, and I'm not sure how it all shook out once you look at grades and test scores and everything like that. But I'd like to imagine that even though it is a preferred walk-on, that he's still getting to go to Iowa on what I would hope to be a decent deal, right? And so we always encourage athletes to go where the deal is. And so, you know, where passion and wanting to go to that alma mater meets, you know, maybe some opportunities that come from other areas and then with a chance to compete at football, I think that, you know, there there are certainly worse situations you could look at. And I think that this is not only a wholesome, inspiring story and situation that we're looking at with Tommy Paholsky, but also it sounds pretty fun. You know, he's like, why not at that point? So, um, you know, I think that there's, there's just a lot to consider, you know, just like the quarterback position, there's a lot to consider when evaluating one from a quarterback standpoint, there's a lot to evaluate when going to a school. I mean, same with any recruit, but, uh, you know, I think that there's obviously a ton of factors at play here and I'm very excited for him. I'm very excited for him and excited to see where this commitment goes and you know would not be surprised if another Colorado quarterback is you know taking snaps under center for Iowa in the next few years because we've already seen it and hopefully I mean for for Tommy's sake for our sake and for Iowa's sake I hope it looks a little bit better um coming from Tommy than some of the other Colorado guys that we've seen. but that's a little disrespectful that's a little disrespectful <laughs> we don't got to I'm pretty sure that kid is, uh, he's from our graduating class as well. 
but it's it's okay. Let's just move on here. <laughs> uh, Cody, do you, <laughs> do you mind if I talk about the number four guy here in Colorado? You know, I think that I I do because I think that I I have dibs just kidding. On that. You're right. <laughs> You're right. But, so but go that's a ahead. good little uh, segue. We, we get to play tug yeah, of war yeah. on the air over our number four 2023 quarterback. This one out of Denver South. If that didn't give it away, you haven't been paying attention because it is Joseph Capra here, the absurd athlete who, on top of being a multiple-time All-State quarterback here in Colorado, is also one of the most decorated hockey players in Colorado sports history. But transitioning back to the gridiron here, let's go ahead and go through these grades here. So, arm power, 8-2. Arm accuracy, 8-5. Timing, 7-7. Overall mechanics, 8-6. Decision-making skills, 7-9. Scramble ability, 8-9. Remember that one for later. Throw on the run ability, 7-9. Pocket awareness, 7-9. Pocket movement, 7-4. Frame slash size, 7.8. For a total grade of 80.8. You'll notice that that reflects Tommy Poholsky, but this is for entirely different reasons as their color code here on my sheet is almost completely alternated here. And it starts with the scramble ability at an 8.9. I was going back and forth on if this is a 9.1, 8.8, 8.9, or just a 9. And look, he, Joseph Capra's agility is absurd. He can cut on a dime. He's a great athlete. I think that, you know, there are times where there's not really there's nothing there and he makes something out of nothing i believe he has true four or five speed and you know his his ability to you know break off a big run against opposing defenses is just so lethal and you know he does it time and time again there's one play on his highlight reel where there's a fumble and he picks it up and picks up a big game and so you know his improv improvisational skills are very solid. I think that that is probably the thing that's most well reflected in his throw on the run ability. But, you know, as an athlete, he is just such an absurd threat running the football. And, you know, when he's able to run the football that well, that obviously makes a lot of other things a problem here. And so you have to keep an eye out for some of these other things. But, you know, talking about other things that he does well, I want to talk about his arm accuracy at an 8.5. He routinely gets opportunities and shows up to throw really nice fade routes and putting the ball in a place where his receivers can make a play. I want to say that he might throw fade routes, at least on film, more than any other quarterback here outside of maybe number one. But, you know, he has very nice touch on the ball and it's very accurate. He drops that right into their basket very routinely and i think that uh you know that between his athleticism and his ability to throw a nice fade route this is a defensive coordinator's nightmare in the red zone of a quarterback to throw against because you're looking for these concepts you want to prevent them and joseph capra just makes both of them very high threats on your radar here and so it's kind of like pick your poison now even though Even though I still think that he has some things to improve on mechanically, I do think that his mechanics are are solid and he did a good job of cleaning them up. I think that when he transfers his weight, 
his hips are engaged and I think that it's very apparent, it's very obvious. And so that allows him to kind of elevate that arm power into an 8.2 there. And so just being able to see him properly engage himself when throwing the football on a routine basis, I think that that does a lot for mechanics and fluidity for me and why it's so high, even though, you know, on this list, it's pretty middle of the road. I think that for him, uh, he did improve significantly on that. And, you know, it is something worth noting. Now, as far as other things here to kind of talk about and, you know, compliment, you know, it's throw on the run ability at a 7.9. This may feel low to some and maybe it is low, but I just want to put out there that while he does have an ability to throw on the run, it's not the same as when he does really get to plant and properly transfer that weight for, you know, those very accurate passes. But things that I think he could improve on is his pocket awareness and pocket movement here. Both these are at a 7.9 and 7.4. I think that, you know, his sixth sense isn't quite there when sensing pressure, but his movement just relies very much on his athleticism rather than manipulating the pocket, creating a new pocket, stepping up in the pocket really as much. I mean, there are times where he does do that and, you know, that that's good, but there are times where he just kind of sprints and he breaks the pocket a little too soon, I think. And, you know, I think that he could just use some patience and just a little bit more work climbing and manipulating the pocket uh, side to side and stuff like that that i think that you know it's just a little it's a little confused there but you know at least he has the athleticism to escape the pressure that maybe he doesn't sense immediately or you know while he can't move in the pocket great he can break the pocket right and then turn that into a big play and then last but not least here uh, as far as areas of improvement for me his timing on throws i think could use work there I feel like it's definitely a timing thing when his receivers are slowing down on like intermediate routes when they're not finishing that route and they're slowing down to catch up because he just doesn't quite put the ball exactly where it needs to be at that moment in time, specifically on his intermediate routes, more than anything, those crossers, those deep ends and stuff like that. Sometimes even the outs are a little bit mistimed where, you know, he just doesn't put the ball exactly where it needs to be. And I don't think it's an accuracy thing because I see him put it into very tough windows at times and put it in the basket. But I think it's more of, you know, he's not quite getting it as the receiver is making their cut or, you know, maybe he needs to throw it before their cut and he just doesn't quite have that going for him at that time. Coach V, we have some similarities. We have some differences here, but let's go ahead and talk uh, Capra. Yeah, I uh, definitely agree with a lot with what, with what you had to say here. Um, let me just talk, just give a g quick overview of all my grades here. Gave him an 8.3 for arm power, 8.4 for arm accuracy, 7.6 for timing, 8.5 for overall mechanics, 8 for decision making, 9 for scramble ability, 8.5 for throw on the run ability, 8.5 for pocket awareness, 8 for pocket movement, and an 8 as well for frame slash size for an overall grade of 82.8 here uh look 
Well, let's talk about his highest grade. Scramble ability at a 9. This is a guy who's extremely dangerous on the ground. I mean, there are times where he makes multiple defenders miss, and then he will either throw the football or he will just go run it. But when he finds a crease, he is gone. He has really good speed, probably 4-5-ish speed there, I would say. And he's, he's fast. You know, this is a kid that is extremely fast. And I think that's going to really translate well to the next level i mean there are multiple times uh just looking through his reel and you know from the games we've seen where you know he just splits a crease here splits a couple defenders and he just beats them out and it's a foot race and that's something that he's pretty much gonna win all the time on this level on the next level he's not always gonna do that but i think he's definitely a guy who could you know really be used as a runner and be lethal at it so was really impressed with his run ability there uh, and his agility like you mentioned cody now two other grades i do want to mention real quick here before moving on 8.5 for throw on the run ability and 8.5 for pocket awareness. I think he is very, he's pretty aware of what's going on around him. Like he's not really one to hold on to the ball too long and just like get absolutely annihilated. And I, I think that also kind of ties into his scramble ability because he's somebody who's very aware of his surroundings. When people are closing in, he knows when he needs to move. He knows when he needs to dodge. He does what he's got to do so that, you know, teams can't get a hand on him. And he doesn't really allow a lot of like really clean hits on him, I would say, um, unless he's initiating the contact first, which you know is very smart and you love to see that you love to see uh quarterbacks take care of themselves and uh be that aware and so that's why it's his second highest grade here and then his throw on the run ability i would say the farther the throw is the more the ball kind of floats a little bit or flutters here i think he is very accurate in the red zone though i mean you watch him move around and he throws darts on the run off platform uh, in the red zone, he's very good. That's within 20-ish yards. That's kind of stretching it a little bit. But I'd say within 20-ish yards, like, he could really, like, thread the needle on the run. But then as it kind of gets farther and farther, eh, you know, it's it's just not as good of a football, you know. And in general, I mean, I only gave him his arm power in 8.3. And that really kind of ties in a little bit to his mechanics because I think um, there are a lot of plays where he has really good mechanics and there are a lot of plays where his lower body is just a little bit all over the place you know neither I don't think it's leaning more towards uh, well actually no I do think it's leaning more towards one than the other I think he has more of a narrower base than a, uh, a wider base and so there are times where he just doesn't get as much of power on some of those throws whether he's on the run or he's sticking in the pocket and resetting and throwing it and so i would really like to see him work on that base really you know just use your entire body throwing the football more on a more consistent basis i know he has the ability to do that but i think i just need to see the consistency there so there you go now talking about some of his lower grades here real quick here i mean gave him a 7.6 on timing on throws and an 8 on decision making i feel like the decision making grade is a little it's it's a little generous but i think for the most part you know he makes the right play right regardless he's getting yards he's moving the chains he's somebody that you know he's a good enough athlete where he's gonna get you yards regardless whether it's using his arm or his legs he's a true dual threat like that so when it comes to decision making 
you really have your legs to rely on. Now, in the passing game, though, uh, I'm just not as impressed with, I guess, some of his processing times. There are times where he recognizes the defense, recognizes who he needs to throw to, and he delivers it on time. You know, there are definitely times he does that. But I think uh, watching the Ponderosa game specifically, and I mean, that's a game where they blew them out. So I'm really nitpicking here. But there were definitely plays where man, he just saw it late. You know, he just saw a play develop uh, really late. He didn't really anticipate it because he was already late to throwing it. And so when he threw the ball, you know, it was really easy for the defender to go ahead and jump it. Whether they picked it or not, that's on them. You know, but as a quarterback, you can't be giving defenses gimmies like that. You know, and so I would really like to see him just process plays a little bit faster here. Um, I, I just think there are some plays that... You know, he's, he's just really looking for the big play, for a good chunk play, to just erase all the mistakes. That's kind of his mindset, you know. You make a bunch of little mistakes, eventually they add up. Well, let me just get a big chunk play here to erase all of it. One big play to erase all of it. And I think he does that a little bit too much here. Um, and, you know, because he's a great athlete, when it's not there because he's waiting too long, he could just always take off and run. And he kind of gets bailed out of that, even though, you know, you got to be a better processor and whatnot. And where he's going, he's going to have to be a good processor because they're a, con a, legit, a legit contender on the D2 level and a very good program. And so, you know, I'm going to give him a little bit of grace. He's going to have time and whatnot to get there. But I think as of right now, he's just a bit too slow when reading a defense and all that. And I think that... the that definitely affects the timing on his throws, how accurate some throws are, and, you know, some of the turnovers that are out there as well. He was pretty efficient, like I said, for the most part, but I definitely saw that uh, he, he's just he's just slow making some reads, and I think he's probably the slowest one on this list, I would say, uh, in my opinion. So there you go there. But Cody did mention it briefly here he is committed to the colorado school of mines the national runner-ups on the d2 level what do you think of my evaluation first and then um are what do you think about this commitment here are you excited for it or what yeah i one thing that i want to echo in particular is at that ponderosa game you and i are watching it and we're literally going now now and it's the throw isn't happening uh, which, you know, obviously we're in the stands, so you could say it's a little different and whatnot. But also, you know, you should make that throw. You should make that throw on that time and, you know, yeah, you, you should be able be to see that. So, you know, I think that that is important. And, um, yeah, I, I think that those are all good points to, to bring up, obviously. So I wanted to echo that because you just, you jogged my memory on, oh, yeah, there we definitely were like, okay throw the ball what's going on here so um you know i think that that is uh that that that's a good evaluation in short that's a good evaluation i agree with it and uh yeah his base being too narrow i also agree with that as well so you know uh look his decision making skills i had it at a 7.9 so you know we're, we're we're talking about the same things here and uh but regardless now transitioning to you know, his commitment, obviously, dude's going to mines. I I definitely think that his decision-making can be figured out. Um, he's obviously a smart dude, right? 
And, um, you know, I think that he's able to process things fast. I, I think that's within his capability. I mean, this is a an athlete who is the hockey player of the year, and hockey is one of the fastest sports there is, really, as far as, you know, being able to make decisions. And, you know, obviously the skill sets are a little different, but the processing speed, I think, is there. And so I think that, you know, the environment he's in, Coach V, I'm pretty sure we've talked about this on the show before with other commits, but I'm almost positive that all Mines players end up getting redshirted their first year. And so, you know, that gives them a year to obviously settle in school, become a heck of an engineer and whatnot. But it gives them a year to figure things out from, you know, a quarterback perspective to figure out the offense and, you know, to contribute to what I think is going to be a national contender for, you know, the years to come, especially with Joseph Capra in tow. No, absolutely. And I mean, he is benefiting just a little bit here because if I'm not mistaken, mine's a starting quarterback, John Matoka, should be back for one more year because I'm pretty sure he graduated 2019 and then COVID happened. So he should have one more year of eligibility if he chooses to come back here. And I mean, I, I'm just going to assume that he will. I, I, I haven't seen any reports. I mean, it's D2 football here in Colorado. So there's not going to be a lot of reporters that are just going to be in his face asking about it. But I'm pretty sure he has one more year of eligibility. Uh, shout out Magnolia, Texas, where he's from, by the way. But John Matoka, in the games that I watched him, because I watched the semifinal game in the national championship. Obviously, the national championship didn't go well, but the semifinal game really went well. And I think that was the game where he really solidified himself as one of the best players in the country because he won the Harlan Hill, which is basically the D2 version of the Heisman Trophy uh, over guys like Tyson Bajant, who are like NFL prospects right now. And so that's pretty impressive. I mean, he threw for like 50 touchdowns and had like 15 or 10 rushing touchdowns. And so he's that guy. And just watching him play, his style reminds me a lot of Joseph Capra. And it's not just because it's two athletic white guys who could throw and run. Uh, <laughs> kind of sounds it, it like the, that's what it that. is. <laughs> it, it is a little bit of that. I mean, Joe uh, Capra here is definitely taller than him because I think uh, John is only five eleven, probably five ten to be honest with you. But who cares? He won the Harlan Hill. But I think watching a guy like John Matoka play, who has a very similar skill set, like I really understand why Mines was aggressive and wanted to get Capra, uh, will be good for him because you know you get to see somebody with your skill set out there playing you know what he's done before and sometimes honestly when learning the quarterback position it's better to see somebody else have success and make those mistakes instead of you doing that and then you're just out there and you know when one mistake happens you're like man i really don't know what happened and then it just keeps piling on because you can't see it because you can't watch yourself play while you're out there and so i think for capra here to go into the situation and whatnot uh you have a guy in matoka who's a good quarterback you'll really get to learn from him and see what a guy with your skill set could do out there on the on one of the highest levels of college football on the D2 level here and so that's going to really benefit Joseph Capra here and I looked at some of the other quarterbacks I know they recruited uh I'm pretty sure they picked up a quarterback uh from Texas as well so it will probably be a comp between him and uh 
in Capra here moving forward. And then I know they have a couple quarterbacks from Colorado on the roster, but I think Capra's better than all of them, just being completely honest with you. So there you go. But Cody, what do you have to think about that? I know uh, you don't exactly keep up with minds like that. So, yeah, but uh, yeah, what do you think? Well, I think back to a quarterback that was on our list last year that was recruited by Mines, and that was Keegan Patterson out of Longmont. And so, you know, they know what kind of offense they want to run. They know what kind of quarterback that they want. And, you know, I think that Capra fits that bill. I mean, I don't have the exact scores in front of me to to compare the two, but, you know, Keegan Patterson was a, a big play threat. You know, I definitely think that his arm power was – you know, stronger than Capra's here. But I think that as far as, you know, some mechanical things and, you know, some awareness things and, you know, decision-making that, you know, there is room to grow there. And so I think that minds, they're comfortable with developing that, that skill set and, you know, expanding these things and, you know, running, running an offense that these guys are going to thrive in. And so I'm just very excited. And, uh, you know, obviously congratulations to, to Joseph Capra. This is a uh, dungeon family product by the way over there at six zero so shout out to uh mcchesney and whatnot but um you know i'm very excited for this for this guy and you know also capra i mean just as a colorado athlete i love this kid i mean he he helped bring a you know state and then national championship to to colorado and uh you know he's part of the reason why this state is currently until otherwise hockey town usa so don't forget that part of his legacy as as a high school athlete here in Colorado and as a Colorado athlete. I'm glad that he's still in the state because I think he really does mean a lot to this state, both on the gridiron, on the ice, and, you know, in the books as well. And so, you know, I think that in the future, if we can keep him as a uh, Colorado resident, I really think that this state is better off in a multitude of ways. Yes, uh, winning a state and national championship in hockey, by the way, not to be confused with football, obviously. But yeah, no, absolutely. Um, He's a great athlete. He's really entertaining to watch. Really enjoyed watching him play against Skyline, uh, Ponderosa as well. You know, he does his thing. He's pretty electrifying. And so I'm excited to see what a more refined and mature version of him looks like here in a couple of years. Hopefully when he gets to play for Mines and I mean... That's a team that's going to continue to hunt for national championships and conference championships first. But, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. So, regardless, excited for him. He's a great athlete. Definitely very deserving to be on this list here. But, Cody, if you don't have anything more to add, you mind if I talk about the number three quarterback in this class? Yes, yes. You, t- you have to introduce a quarterback at some point, and I guess three is as good a time as any. Yeah, for sure. And my bad. I definitely forgot that you were supposed to introduce Capra, and I'm keeping no, that it, in No, it makes for a good bit. It makes for a good bit. Enjoy the antics. Enjoy the antics, listeners. Yeah, but here at number three, mentioned his score earlier out of Skyline. We got the 6'4", 200-pound quarterback, Caden Box here. Got to watch him a lot. <laughs> this last offseason before his senior year and in, in in season as well he was getting in some extra work on those Sundays got to attend a couple of those private workouts shout out coach Thomas and team full gorilla they really appreciate them and what they've done for Colorado football and helping us out too 
but got to watch him throw a lot here. So, you know, got to watch him throw a lot without pads, but I did watch him twice, actually. Uh, I almost forgot, but I watched him last year in his last game of his junior year in the playoffs versus Vista Ridge. Uh, I mean, Vista Ridge won. I think they have a better roster, so there you go there but he made some plays that definitely popped up and uh, i was impressed you know love to see it and then this year actually watched him in the season opener versus joseph capra at denver south and look i know if you look at that box score it doesn't look really close but it's definitely a lot closer than what it would have been because Caden Box is really holding this team together in that game. But he had a good year here. And so let's talk about his grades here finally. And so gave him a 9.2 for arm power, 8.4 for arm accuracy, 8.7 for time gone throws. Uh, I gave him an 8.8 .8 on overall mechanics and fluidity. Decision making skills gave him an 8. I'll talk more about that later. Scrambling ability gave him a 6.5. Uh, throw on the run 8.1 pocket awareness 8.8 .8. pocket move or wait sorry hold up let me just make sure yeah pocket awareness 8.8 .8, and then pocket movement was an 8.5 then gave him an 8.4 for his frame here uh, I'll start with the positives you know the things I really like about his games the thing the, that really makes him like a top tier prospect I would say here but Let's talk about arm power here. Gave him a 9.2. It may not be a popular opinion, but in my opinion, he has the strongest arm in the state. You know, this is a guy that the football just jumps out of his hands. You know, he just has a great natural ability throwing the football. It's one of those things where it's a flick of the wrist and it goes like 50 or 60 yards. But just watching him throw some of these deep passes continuously on the money and really stretching the field here, I mean, was really impressive to me. And so I really believe in that 9.2 arm power. He has an absolute cannon, you know, uh, strongest arm on this list. And probably the strongest arm that we possibly may have ever developed. Maybe like next to Leslie Richardson. But like I said, I feel like they're pretty close there regardless. Uh, so really love that. I mean, his arm power really allows him to just gun it and put it into a lot of tight spaces as well. You know, watching him throw a lot here. Uh, I've seen him put it in very tough windows here. Then only really he could put it in because he has the physical ability to to do it even then i think his arm power he could still get stronger here but that's neither here or there let's keep talking about uh his game here gave him an 8.8 for pocket awareness he knows when the pocket is collapsing he knows and i am not even gonna lie and say skyline's offensive line was that good they had some dudes i guess but it wasn't really the strongest line here and so you could tell that he knew when time was running out really well. And so he got really good at that. And so there you go there. Uh, really love his pocket awareness, you know. And then arm power. Golly, just a great arm, honestly. And then I also want to quickly mention his timing on throws in 8.7. This is something that has really improved here. I would probably not have given him an 8.7 if I watched him just his junior year in person or even some of his senior year film but honestly when he has a clean pocket when him and his receivers are on the same page which isn't i wouldn't call it his fault uh that's also on the receiver as well you know he has really great timing on his throws 
Um, I mean, just watching him throw, he's he's pretty consistently on the money. You know, I'm pretty comfortable with this grade here that I'm giving him at an 8.7. But anyways, let's move on. Talk about some of the lower grades here, which isn't exactly his fault here. I mean, his scramble ability was his lowest grade out of the 6.5. Uh, he's, he's just not really, I mean, he could run a little bit, right? He could run a little bit. Uh, is he the fastest? Not really. You know, is he going to be able to do that on the next level? Unless you really need him to like go get a first down. Probably not. I mean, he'll put his shoulder down and try to run over somebody because he's a bigger dude. Um, I would not recommend that, you know, as an evaluator doing that consistently, but he could do it, you know, if he wants to, uh, to extend the drive and that's okay you know but i just don't think it's he's really gonna get much better there i think he can maybe get more agile you know make some more people miss so that he could maneuver around but i don't keep that in mind too much when it comes to scramble abilities so there you go and that's not really the type of quarterback he is i mean he's a strong arm quarterback in my opinion now the other thing that is his second lowest grade here is his decision making at an eight I'm, I'm just going to be honest here and throw this out there first. I think there are definitely times, you know, with this team watching him throw in pads where he's doing a little bit too much. He's trying to fit it into tougher windows. He's trying to get big plays. He's trying to really keep his team in it. And there are times where it really pays off, you know, and he's able to make these excellent throws downfield. And it's amazing. It's great. It's a big chunk play that keeps the play alive or they score better yet and they get off the field. But there are just a lot of times it's just not there, you know, and you're probably better off taking the sack and going on and doing what you got to do. But obviously you want to win and you want to try to make plays or to make your team win. But there's only so much that you could do here. And so I think there are times where he does a little bit too much. Now, with that being said, you know, uh, there were some really bad drops from his receivers this year and some not great routes and not great separation and so there were times where he was just really forced to like just make a play you know and he's trying to put it all out there you know he's at skyline it's a senior year he wants to do well i get it you know i definitely get it and so i don't really blame him for that i think you know if he had I'm just going to be real. If he had better teammates or maybe a little bit of a better structure over there, then yeah, you know, uh, his decision-making skills would probably go up because he doesn't always have to play hero ball. But, you know, what's on film is on film, uh, unfortunately. Now, I know what he can do. I've seen him throw, you know, not in pads and whatnot against air and uh, uh, players not in pads and all that great stuff plenty of times. And he's really improved his decision-making between his junior and senior year, I would probably say. Even though his junior year, he was hurt as well. I'm just going to throw that out there. Uh, but, you know, I would I'd really like to see him continue to get better. You know, I don't think he has a problem processing at all. I just think he just needs to rein it in just a little bit more. Just be a little bit more disciplined. But it will be a different situation, obviously, on the college level. Cody... You will probably have more to say on this because I think we're in agreement about the structure around him. But what do you think about my evaluation? Oh, by the way, gave him an 83.4 overall grade. But what do you think about my evaluation, the strengths, the weaknesses, all of it?
I like it. It's it's like you've evaluated uh, dozens and dozens of quarterbacks before, which you have. So and and you know I I end up agreeing with a lot of this, and uh, you know obviously score it a little bit differently, but you know he's got a strong arm, he's got an accurate arm. I mean there are just some throws where it's like wow, you know my accuracy is actually his fourth highest rated category here at a 8.6 so you know i think that he is able to really make some windows work for him and i think that he does a great job at that i think you know arm power wise he's my highest rated arm power i have him at a flat nine as opposed to your nine two but you know it is his strongest category and you know i think that it's the fact that he shows the velocity on every single level on short on intermediate on deep passes you know he's able to just really fire that thing all over the field and this powerful arm is you know what turned the coaches heads you know at cfg for him to get that opportunity and uh you know i think that obviously that experience helped his decision making skills and whatnot which i'll double back to later but you know the the arm power and the arm accuracy is there i also think that mechanically he's very very sound i think that he does a great job of you know planting his feet pointing his shoulders, you know, where he's going to throw the football. He does a good job of engaging his whole body into a throw. I think there's not ever a time where I'm like, ew, you know, there's with, with some of these other quarterbacks and, you know, with, you know, the guys who didn't make the list, there's times where, you know, their mechanics go on a throw where I'm like, oh, what is that? You know, if I'm, if I'm talking to them on the sideline, I'm like, don't ever throw it like that again. What are you doing? And with Caden, I just don't really, that doesn't come up. And so that's why his mechanics sit at an 8.9. I think that he does a good job, of, especially of setting his feet when he throws the football too. And, you know, just being very, very pinpoint about that and, you know, being you know on, on top of it, I guess, if you want to, if you want to call it that. But continuing on with my evaluation here, his pocket awareness, I have graded at an 8.9. I agree, Coach V, he really had to, you know, get rid of the football sometimes uh, a little bit sooner than maybe he wanted. And so, you know, that that is something to to consider and to evaluate. And I think that he senses it very well. And, you know, he beats pressures. He beats blitzes very often, both in the pre-snap and in the sensing the pressure. Now, pocket movement-wise, I think that he moves around the pocket very well. And I think that starts with, you know, very solid footwork and his mechanics being very good. What I... Do I, do I like it when he starts running out of the pocket? Maybe not so much. But, you know, within that pocket, I think that he moves around in it very well. And I think that he adapts to the hand that he is presented with on any given play, depending on where the push or the blitz is coming from. He does a great job of adapting to that. So, you know, that's a ton of categories there, all over eights. Uh, timing, I also have it in an 8.3. But let's talk about some of the things that I think he could work on. And Coach V, it's going to be some very familiar concepts here because decision-making skills, I have graded out a 7.7. There are, you know, a very good arm allows you to get away with some throws. And Caden Box is not an exception to that rule because there are times where I'm like, oh, what are you doing? And oh my gosh, it's a completed pass. That's incredible because he's just able to whip it in there. But mm, this was kind of... It wasn't the best year for secondaries here in Colorado, not only from the talent at the receiver and the quarterback position, but the cornerback class, you know, is not the brightest. It's it's not shined the brightest it ever has. And, you know, especially on that 4A level, 
it was, you know, a bit of a vulnerability point, especially for, you know, the some of the schedule that Box here was going against. And so I think that cornerbacks on the next level will make him pay for making some of the throws and decisions that he did make on this high school level. He will not get away with just from a competition standpoint. And so that's why the decision making is out of 7-7. There are times where he does obviously go through his reads and, you know, he does take the check down, which I do like. And, you know, there are a few times on his film where, you know, he does tuck and run and tries to pick up like three or four yards, which, you know, that's why he's a scramble ability. He's at a 6.1. He's not a mobile guy. But, you know, I think that there are also times where he gets he gets these greedy eyes a little bit. And so I just don't want him to test some of those sight lines as much. And then last but not least here, this is where probably one of the biggest differences that we have. And it's just I could not bring myself to give him a higher throw on the run ability without having seen it in pads, without having seen, you know, that pressure from the defensive lineman step up. There's just not a lot of instances of it on film. There's not a spectacular or wow, you know, on the, on the run kind of play for me through his film or through the game that I saw in person. And so here it sits at a 6.6 is throw on the run ability. I think that, Arm talent wise, you know, there's a lot of upside there. I think mechanically speaking, there's upside there. And so this is a skill that he can have and can develop. But until I see it, I just cannot give more than a 6-6. And even this 6-6 is, you know, it's off of a few plays, but it is off of potential here. And so I think that this is something that can jump as high as an 8-6 with more sufficient evidence for me. I just could I tried watching it again and again and again and again and again and again, and I just could not bring myself to to give that a few extra points. And so when you go through the full rundown here, arm power of 9, arm accuracy of 8.6, 8.3 on timing on throws, 8.9 on mechanics, 7.7 on decision making, 6.1 on scramble ability, 6.6 on throw on the run, 8.9 awareness, 8.4 pocket movement. And then, you know, his frame slash size, this is something that originally I had at a nine because, you know, he is at 6'4", 200 pounds, but I did bring it down just a little bit considering the injury history. He's just dropped it down that point one point because it is something that you just kind of have to keep in the back of your mind there. And so overall, that makes for Caden Box here at an 81.4 and then averaged out with Coach V at an 83.4 is an 82.4. Quick maths right there, right in the middle. Coach V, we we meet in the middle here for an overall grade of 82.4 with Caden Box. And, uh, you know, we also have a uh, something in common with Caden as far as education goes. Isn't that correct? Yeah, I didn't know you graduated from Skyline High School as well, Cody. No, as it... But, uh, oh, my <laughs> gosh. But Caden... We know somebody who's graduated from Skyline High School, but yeah, Caden Box. <laughs> yeah, but Caden will be going to our alma mater in Northern Colorado, and look, uh, Northern Colorado was kind of a a little late to the party. I know they were interested. The last regime was interested, and then the they got fired, and then this new one came in. But this new regime really liked Caden. They offered him a PWO, so he'll be going there. Uh, on that but looking at UNC's quarterback room I know and I know this because we really followed them this year we went to their first game this year and that was that was tough that should have we should have won it 
But anyways, uh, they have one quarterback or a quarterback that's for sure going to start in Jacob Sermon. Then there's another quarterback that the McCaffrey's recruited, and so he'll be his backup. So there you go. But I'm pretty sure Sermon graduates next year. So there you go. Uh, so there will be an opening here next spring, pretty much. Um, but UNC also recruited a quarterback from Arizona here, uh, from Yuma. Actually, he's a player that I actually got to evaluate last year, which is really interesting and whatnot. Shout out the Arizona Sports Network. But, you know, I also evaluated him. He has also committed to Northern Colorado is he a better prospect than Caden Box? I think it will be really interesting to see. I think he's very talented. I think he moves really well. Uh, he definitely has the arm talent. I don't think he really has the mechanics or the arm power that Caden has. And so there will definitely be a little bit of a quarterback competition there. And then I know uh, Rocky Mountain quarterback is also committed. But I really feel like Caden should beat them out. And so realistically... You know, Caden should definitely be on scholarship here in the next couple of years, either next year or the year after, probably. And I am a fan of it. I think he fits, he will fit the system really well. I think he has a lot of potential. I mean, look, we talk about decision making. Uh, we talk about him playing maybe a little bit too much hero ball, all that stuff. But regardless, he has an extremely strong arm. There's not going to be many guys that is going to have as strong of an arm as Caden Box. You know, I'm just going to throw that out there. Uh, he is a talented quarterback for sure. And he can play at a high level. And I think with all the receivers and players that they are surrounding Caden here, the team that they are building up there, which is, by the way, Colorado-based, I think he will have a really good group around him to eventually compete in the big sky. And eventually, well, first off, compete for the quarterback uh, position and then eventually the starter position and then you know eventually compete for the big sky hopefully here i think he has a lot of potential here and you know he's somebody who's gonna compete he's gonna play hard and i'm really excited to have him uh we was really happy we were able to grab a quarterback unc has not landed a colorado quarterback at all since we've done this podcast but uh cody what do you think about all of that and his commitment well, I mean, just like every other alumni or current student, I want Northern Colorado football to actually be good. And, you know, I think that Caden can be a part of that recipe. I really do think that, you know, with his talent and, you know, with how hard of a worker he is. I mean, the growth that we, you know, a lot of these, these quarterbacks have all experienced growth, you know, and I think that's what makes them such desirable, you know, prospects. But, you know, Caden Box, I think especially, you know, following that injury, really did everything in his power to improve and did so, uh, you know, just amazingly. I was about to say miraculously. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, I mean, he's a really good pickup. Really excited for what he could do here. I mean, it's a different situation and whatnot. It's not super far from home either. You know, it's really doable. And so, uh, honestly, like I said, just really excited for him to be at UNC. There's going to be opportunities for him to compete. I know Coach Lamb really wants to build a Colorado-centric um, team here at UNC. And so, that's going to be going for him for sure. You know, and so, honestly, like I said before with Tommy, 
all you need is that opportunity to, to compete and you just gotta stay on your toes you gotta be smart you gotta really study the playbook you gotta be a better student of the game and a better quarterback uh, but that's just how these competitions go when they really heat up you know and so really excited for Caden moving forward here I think there's just so much potential and one and whatnot and by the way the last quarterback that UNC has successfully recruited and signed and attended their school from Colorado I'm pretty sure was Connor Martin from Strasburg uh, shout out our boy and shout out Landon Martin uh, as well so it'll be really interesting to see what happens here right Cody no, absolutely. And, uh, you know, it's funny that you, you bring up these quarterback names because those have fond memories because the one that I always think of is Jacob Nip and um, maybe not the <laughs> be maybe not the best fit. That did not sound like a fun memory, but that's OK. No, you know, I, I just I just okay. went to a dark place thinking about that. So I think that if I like you don't Connor. have anything else to say about Caden Box here, I think that. Uh, I'm ready to jump to our number two guy and start getting the, the serotonin flowing again. Yes, go Bears. Uh, but yeah, go ahead and talk about the number two quarterback here in this class in Colorado. Yeah, of course. Okay. I got to like recompose myself a little bit there because I just, oh man, haven't been the same since the storm. But uh, anyways, our number two quarterback here. This is a quarterback that we could not keep in the box state, but we are very excited for his future, for his prospects here. And that is state champion quarterback of the Broomfield Eagles, Cole Crew here. This, what a great story. What a great guy. This is somebody who I actually evaluated a couple years ago. You know, it was his sophomore year. It was the COVID season. And, you know, also got to do an interview with him. Would love to have him back on the show. And, you know, if you haven't, go ahead and listen to that first one. And he just gives you so many reasons to like him. We've had so many great moments. And, um, you know, I can't wait to share more of those here in a bit. But let's talk about the prospect Cola Crew and go through these grades here. So, starting at the top, we have an 8.6 in arm power. We have a 9 in arm accuracy. We have a 9.2 in timing on throws. Overall mechanic slash fluidity at an 8.3. Decision making skills at an 8.6. Scramble ability at a crazy 88. Throw on the run ability at a crazy 8.8. .8. Pocket awareness at an 8.2. Pocket movement at an 8.9. Frame slash size at an 8.6 for an overall grade of 87. We're turning up here at two. You know, jumping from my, my pass grade of 81.4 to 87. And I think that that is a huge testament to just the great prospect that is Cola Crew here. You know, he's got great arm power when pushing the ball downfield. And, you know, I think that, uh, you know, I think that he, he does so with, you know, pushing the ball down the field. But I will say, you know, kind of just looking at these categories brick for brick here, that his arm power is not as overwhelming or eye-popping on intermediate throws you know the comebacks or the intermediate routes like the ends don't have the same amount of smoke sizzling off the ball but i think that where the sun does shine here is on the timing of these throws his timing is at a 9.2 he does a great job timing these comeback routes anticipating the receivers cuts anticipating the breaks anticipating the defenders here on these in routes on these slant routes on these spot routes he just 
has a great feel for the field here and does so, you know, and it reflects in his timing on when he releases the ball, the way that, you know, he looks around the field and the way that he comes back to routes even sometimes as well. Being able to know when that cut is going to happen, when that break is going to happen and being able to deliver that ball on time. He's very good at that. And I think that it's also really, really good, you know, talking about timing and then tying in the arm accuracy here when pushing the ball downfield. He just puts it where the receiver can get it. And, you know, he displays very nice touch to allow receivers to get underneath that ball and, and make the play there. So I think that he just does a great job of of putting the ball where it needs to be, especially downfield over the middle of the field. I think that he works that very, very well. I think that, you know, these receivers, they're not having to do too much to adjust to this football. And I think that's because of his accuracy, because of his timing. He is going to, you know, he's going to put you in a spot to succeed. You know, he's not going to hand you the ingredients. He's going to hand you the whole sandwich ready to go and, and make a play. So I think that obviously Broomfield benefited greatly from that. And, you know, just his ability to really put his teammates in great, great positions to succeed. And, yeah, I think that that combined with his pocket movement here is at an 8.9. While I think that he could do a better job of sensing pressure here, more on that in a second, I think that he manipulates the pocket very, very well when he feels the pressure, when he sees the pressure. He steps up in the pocket extremely well he moves left to right in the pocket very well he will move his pocket very effectively adapting to you know if a tackle has a really good kick out and it goes all the way around he'll step up in that pocket to the left he'll slide very very well i think he slides around superbly and you know he's good at breaking the pocket when necessary and you know having the acceleration and the footwork in order to excel at breaking the pocket i think that his pocket movement is absolutely next level i almost have it at a nine here and i was just very very impressed with the way that he can move in every single direction within the pocket and make the pocket really just a nice home that he's very very familiar with now i think that talking about some of these other things look scramble ability throw on the run ability i think his footwork is is very solid and that's not the when when manipulating the field here so that's not the problem i have with his mechanics but you know throwing on the run he throws some ridiculous passes on the run i mean he's actually the highest grade i have for throwing on the run where you know he could be rolling left and throw an absolute laser right or vice versa he does not always have to plant he can throw off platform extremely well i mean i'm pretty sure it's the opening throw in his film slash the play that I got to see live against Dakota Ridge where he rolls out left and throws just an absolute dot like 40 yards down the field down the left sideline he doesn't even really get to flip his shoulders as much as you know you would maybe want to and I mean this ball is just so perfect I don't think anybody could have dropped the ball on this one because it was just such a gorgeous pass and yeah you know what after seeing that yeah, I got to see Cola Crew three times this season between the, the game that Coach V and I attended in Erie. I got to see that Dakota Ridge game because it was on that Littleton side of town. And then I got to see him at State, obviously. And, you know, in all those games, he just is moving around so much. He's so hard to keep track of from a defense's standpoint. And, uh, you know, he'll make you pay for it, too. But, you know, if he is scrambling and he doesn't like what he sees downfield... 
he's not very pleasant to try and stop when he does decide to turn up as well. I think he's he's pretty quick, honestly. There's one run that he rips off against Dakota Ridge, and keep in mind, this maybe isn't the same Dakota Ridge defense that we've seen in years past, but it's one that has fast dudes on it regardless, just because they are an athletic school, and he torches that whole defense basically right through their torso, you know, just straight up the gut and just beats them in a foot race. And he does it again and again and again in this game and is just in takeover mode. And it wasn't even his best. I don't think it was even his best rushing performance. It had his long for the season for sure. Cause I mean to, you know, scramble ability is going to be at an eight, eight when you're able to rip off an 80 yard run plus for a touchdown against a team that I don't think is poorly coached against a team that while they don't, they didn't necessarily have someone quote super special on this defense this year i still think that you know they're well coached and to be able to rip off that run it's astonishing obviously and surprising to the defense and us here for him to have that top level speed i think that a lot of people don't talk about his top speed that much but he's also a very physical runner you know there were times where broomfield boy it was fourth and two and they needed three yards and Cole LaCrue, the battering ram, would make, a, you know, an alter ego appearance and, and ball out in that way and, you know, deliver big plays when they were necessary. I want to say in the eerie game that we went to that he ran for four touchdowns or something like that. And so, you know, having that versatility of being a tough physical runner, but also somebody who has good vision, manipulates the field very well, uses his downfield blockers very well. These are notes that, you know, I even think some running back could potentially take notes on Cole LaCrue's vision and the way that he runs as well. And he's, like I said, he's not slow either. You know, he's not blazing fast. He's not a 4-5 guy like Joseph Capra. But, uh, you know, I would say that he is the second best scrambler on this list pretty easily. So, decision-making skills. You know, I think that he does a good job of going through progressions. But I'll kind of let Coach V touch on that a little bit. And then arm power. He can push it down the field very well. Uh, just... You know, it's sitting at an 8.6, not higher, just because I would want to see a little bit more on intermediate stuff. But before I talk about literally everything, I'm going to just talk about, you know, some areas of improvement here. You know, his lowest grades for me were an 8.2 in pocket awareness and an 8.3 in overall mechanics slash fluidity. I think that, you know, he, he does a great job of, you know, flipping his hips and, you know, trying to throw properly downfield and, you know, his footwork plays within his frame, but, uh, you know, when there's times where he gets a little flat footed. So I think that that, that is something to notice. And then his throwing motion, sometimes he'll do a double clutch. Um, actually not even sometimes it's a handful of the time. And so I think that that is something that you'd want to get rid of. I mean, 8.3, it's still good mechanics, obviously, but there's little things that you can tinker with and fix as well. And then I think that, you know, awareness-wise, he's just got to work on that sixth sense. He's got to work on feeling that pressure a little bit more. There were some times, especially I want to say in the Erie game, the regular season game that is that we did get to see, where the pressure did get a little close. And it, I don't think it was from a patient standpoint. It looked like he just didn't really feel it all that much. But overall, at an 87 here, Coach V, we're kind of, uh, now that we've gotten into this tier of quarterbacks, it's going to kind of... Uh, flip rolls a little bit here where I had, you know, three, four, and five graded a little bit lower and, uh, you know, not, not by much, obviously, but a little bit lower. And then, you know, with these top two guys, you are 0.2 points below me in our overall assessment. So go ahead and take it away on your assessment of Cola crew here and how he spoiler alert lands at an 86, eight for you. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, look, 
let me just go through here. So I actually gave him, I just realized this, I gave him four 8.6 grades in a row. Well, I gave him an 8.6 for arm power, arm accuracy, timing on throws, and overall mechanics and fluidity. I did not mean to do that. I, that's just where it ended, to be honest, after a lot of, uh, you know, adjusting. Well, not a lot, but, you know, a solid amount of going back and forth. And then decision-making skills, I uh, actually gave him a 9 here. Scramble ability, 8.8. .8. Throw on the run ability, uh, 9. Pocket awareness, 8.7. Pocket movement, 8.5. Frame and size, 8.4 here. Look, let's talk about the best things here. Uh, I'm, I want to give him a 9 for decision-making skills. Most of the time... I would say he, well, I, okay, let me adjust that. I would say almost all the time, probably 90% of the time uh, to 95% of the time, he makes the right uh, move, right? He makes the right decision here. Whether it's to run or throw the ball when throwing the football, I mean, he goes through his reads, he does a good job, comes back to reads and delivers the football. Great job there. And then when it's not there, he knows, hey, this is a situation where I need to run it. I need to get something. I can't just take a sack here, you know, and I'm not going to force the ball downfield because I don't have that level of talent quite like uh, some other people. And so I'm going to do what I know I can do. And so I really like that. I think maybe there's just I'm going to be nitpicky here. There's one downside to it. I think there are times he really relies on his legs a lot more than his arms sometimes. It's still the right football play. He's doing a good job and he's athletic enough to, you know, make those plays. But I would definitely like to see him develop more as a passer because I think he can, you know. So there you go. And then throw on the run ability. I also gave him a nine. Uh, I mean, he could throw on the run really well. Uh, almost a little bit better than in the pocket in my opinion here uh, just watching him throw on the run he could throw short medium and deep all of those levels pretty well and accurately uh, I want to throw out that as well I mean he throws the ball pretty accurately when on the run and he's pretty lethal with it there's this really nice throw I think it's at the beginning of his highlight reel I want to say it's against Dakota Ridge where he rolls out and he lays up a really nice football really nice throw to his receiver in uh, tight coverage there and so it's throws like that that I look at, and not just those, but like that that I look at, I'm like, man, that is just so good. Or he's moving around, and he throws over the middle of the field, and it's a really, like, accurate strike. So, love to see those. Those are his highest grades here. Now, uh, some of his lower grades, pocket movement, frame size. I think, well, let me talk about frame size here first. He could probably get a little bit... Uh, not a lot, but a bit bigger here. Put on a little bit more weight. He's listed at 6'2", 195. Got to meet the guy in person. Great dude. He does feel just a little thin here. And so I'd really love to see him get over 200 pounds in playing weight. Because I think that would go a really long way for him. And so, uh, especially if he's going to run the football. Which, by the way, gave him an 8.8 .8 there. He's a good athlete. Good agility. Solid speed there. I mean, he's going to be a good rushing threat on the next level, I would say for sure and so if he's gonna do that you gotta be built to take on those extra hits especially if you're running some sort of read options or rpos you know you might take a lot of hits outside of the ones you take in the pocket as well uh so would definitely love to see him get a, just a little bit bigger i think that will also improve his arm power i think his arm power is pretty solid at an 8.6 it's on the level of a three star for sure not like overly special 
like you know he's gonna throw it over the rocky mountains or something crazy like that but definitely good enough and uh, above average for a lot of power five starters uh power five starters and quarterbacks i would say uh just comparing him to them so there you go and then pocket movement was actually a little bit lower for me i think he senses pressure really well but he doesn't move really well and so i think he knows that it's there because obviously he's not just gonna stand there and then you know let them get a strip sack and he doesn't do that a lot because he knows he's a great athlete and he can't beat out a lot of these defenders here uh but i think there are times where he just chooses to kind of just stay there you know not climb the pocket as much you know and uh move laterally and all that uh i think that's a choice that he makes and that could probably go under decision making but i'll put that under pocket movement i mean he moves well anybody could move well up and down but you got to know when to do that uh and you know i think on the next level there are going to be players with longer arms you know they with longer reaches they're going to be able to knock out that football and so you gotta just be able to move up a beat faster i would say uh, like I said, definitely nitpicking there. And so there you go there. Altogether, Cola Crew, I think he's a good dual threat quarterback. He has come a pretty long way as a passer uh, because honestly, I would say before this season and part of last season, I really viewed him as more of a run first type of quarterback. But he's developed. His throwing the run is really good. Uh, he throws pretty well from the pocket as well. I'm not discrediting that at all. I just think he's better on the run, you know. And so he's definitely somebody who could freelance, work really well out of structure. And ultimately, he's going to get you first downs. He's going to extend drives and he's going to score. That's the type of player he is uh, because he's such a good athlete and he has the physical ability to do all these things you know now is it always going to be the best decision maybe not you know but he's going to put you in positions to win i would say and so really high on cola crew he's improved a lot here i think honestly his senior year uh, we've seen some pretty solid leaps and bounds that has really made him uh, close to our number one quarterback. To me, he's only 0.2 points away from him. I think he is a borderline, potentially four-star type of guy with just some of the things he did his senior year. Now, if he did some of those things his senior year, his junior year as well, you know, then I think he would probably be a star higher. That is just my honest opinion, but really love him as a guy. I think he's a great leader too, by the way. Definitely somebody that galvanizes a locker room that brings a lot of passion. I mean, the one game I went to against Erie, just the way he was able to get this crowd going and just the way he was able to rally his team. Uh, they were never down, but really, you know, rally his team and be like, hey, you know, we got to put our foot on their necks and we got to finish this game. That was big time to me. And then obviously him winning state was big time as well. That went a really long way in how I felt about him as a leader and as a quarterback, just finding a way to get it done. You know, he has the physical abilities, but, you know, the leadership skills matter too. You know, the energy you bring to a locker room matters too. And just seeing how he was able to get this crowd going and be so passionate about this game is going to be big time for the school he will be at at the next level. Uh, right, Cody? Also, what do you think about my evaluation? Do you think it's fair what I had to say? He's a good dual threat and all that stuff. Maybe a better thrower on the run than in the pocket. No, I think that's fine and accurate and, you know, 
there there's a reason why his on the run is so high for me and you know you you average out his arm scores and it sits around a similar place and i think that it is a good question to ask and as someone who got to evaluate him as a sophomore he has taken tremendous strides as a passer he was kind of a one read or just kind of run you over uh quarterback for for that first year and you know i'd even say for his junior year he was definitely more leaned on in the run game and he grew as a passer pretty significantly his junior year but i'd say this year you know in in the play calling and in you know his poise his confidence and his play style he took tremendous strides in all the right places he took huge strides up top and uh you know i'm not not sure if that was a uh matt mcchesney little uh, little product there a little six zero stuff going on but uh you know he he did you know take some very good good gains and look i have him at an 87 that is uh, it's like a four star so you know i think that it is a conversation worth having and you know overall we have him at an 89 or an 86.9 my bad and so you know it is i think it's a worthy you know spots being literally that uh that window and i think that you know he's also only 0.2 below the the next guy so you know i agree with a lot of what you said uh you know we looked at the pocket a little different but that's fine i don't think that really matters and uh you know we both agree that there are some things that he will have to iron out you know as far as you know some some mechanic stuff and you know just seeing some stuff a little bit differently and you know adapting to the next level but i do think that he is very very well adjusted and, you know, he has the tools to succeed as a Badger. And, you know, I think that while, uh, you know, <laughs> when um, Dion went to see you, I actually had a chance to to talk to uh, Cole when they were just rumblings a little bit. And that was at Media Day. And he, he told me that the first song that he ever knew all the lyrics to was the explicit version of the uh, See You Fight song. And so I was like, well, maybe he'll flip. But, you know. He's still he's still was with Wisconsin. He's got billboards up now in in downtown Denver or in the Denver area on on his commitment to Wisconsin. So you know it, it looks like he's pretty solidly set as a Badger and whatnot. And I think that it's going to be a good fit. You know he is going to be in a position to compete. They they signed quite a few quarterbacks this off season. and you know. But I do think that as far as you know getting on that stage and being able to succeed. And, uh, you know, culturally, I think it is a good fit. You know, I mean, obviously he had the prospect at Tulane and they had a pretty solid season. And then, you know, uh, CU a little bit as well. But I, I think that the Wisconsin fit is a good one. And I think that he has, you know, all the tools that he needs to succeed. And, you know, I think that that what you talked about, that leadership is what makes Cola Cruz such a different. If there is like name one X factor that one of these prospects does so so well and you know separates them from the rest and that's no disrespect to any of these guys right all these guys you know they lead in their own way they all spark in their own way but cola cruz energy you can feel it from the parking lot at mile high when he's playing in mile high i just think that you know that impact that he has on a fan base on a locker room on teammates it is it's very unique. It's very unique. I don't think there's, I haven't seen anything quite like it in my time evaluating quarterbacks here in Colorado. I haven't seen anything quite like it playing here in Colorado. Just the fire that he has to compete. And you know, what? wherever that comes from, I think it's, it's a very beautiful thing. 
and it, it makes you love the game of football. Cola Crew, the the dude, the football player, makes me love the game of football probably more. The, just talking about Cola Crew, and I went on a long tangent during our 4A awards. Go give that a listen too, because it's all the same stuff. He is truly an inspiration. You know, you look at his story, and you know, I was so. You know, I I didn't I didn't cry. I didn't cry at state. Or maybe I shed a few tears, but you know, when him and his brother had that moment at Mile High by by their old seats and you know, winning that game in the stadium where they had season tickets and you know, just everything that he's been able to do. I know it was a very emotional day for for Cole, but you love to see that kind of emotion. He wears his heart on his sleeve and he's got one of the biggest hearts on the gridiron, maybe the biggest heart here in the state of Colorado. And I think that that kind of energy is very infectious and inspiring, not only to fans, but to a locker room. And I think that, you know, if he's, if, if that's going to be something that helps him get his head above some of these other prospects in that room, it is going to be that ability to win the locker room. Not only is he just a really cool dude to talk to and to, to just interact with, you know, I obviously got the interaction at media day, kind of got to see him for a little bit at the end of that championship day. Granted, he was the most popular person in the state of Colorado so you know very short time there but you know we got to talk to him after that eerie regular season game he's somebody who I got to talk to at that Broncos uh 7v7 you know passing contest and you know he was really excited for the year and you know it was that conversation where you know he talked about the defense and wanted to clean some things up you know his junior year he was like yeah let's go let's go take this state and you know they weren't ready and I think he learned tremendously from that and you know while all the whole while still had his aspirations and his goals set on state but did a lot more playing and did a lot more to earn it than you know than and from that experience his junior year where i mean we were convinced too but uh you know i think that the growth of cola crew and the story of cola crew is just such a great one and the badgers i i think they got a steal here honestly i know that it's obviously a huge program but uh you know Maybe it's just because I'm talking about it and I'm getting nostalgic a little bit, but look, I'm looking at the numbers here. I have him at an 87. I'm thinking about the X factor of him as a leader, him as an inspiration. And I mean, I think that this is just a huge W of a commitment for any school that would have got him, honestly. And obviously, you know, Wisconsin starts with a W. So there there you go. Yes. No, Absolutely. I I don't want to beat a dead horse. I mean, look, I, I love the kid. I'm always going to be a fan of the kid. I'm, I'm always a fan of a lot of Colorado guys. But, I mean, obviously his story was great. You know, one day we'll probably recap it in full. But his story is still going on and whatnot, obviously. So there's that as well. But, you know, I mean, you just got to be happy for the guy. He's worked so hard. You know, he's went through a lot of challenges. And he succeeded. And honestly, this was... It felt like a Cinderella run. You just knew it was their year. I knew it was... It really felt like it was their year after they beat Erie. And Erie was not like a bad team. They were playing a little bad at the moment. But they did make a pretty deep run. And they pushed them in the playoffs. But they still were able to put them away. Um, I mean, shout out their defense as well. That Broomfield defense doing their job too and helping him out. But... I mean, I, I don't know. He's just a very rootable guy. Honestly, here, here's what I am going to say about Cola Crew, though. Look, 
the vibes he kind of gives off uh, just really reminds me of just how I felt about Jalen Hurts when he was entering the NFL. Because entering the NFL, he was out of Oklahoma. He, I mean, he had a solid year. Uh, not the, I mean, you know, his last. It would have been a Heisman sl- year if it wasn't Joe Burrow. Yeah, I was gonna say his last game he got slaughtered by LSU, so that was really hard to like get out of my mind and out of you know a lot of people's mind. But it was LSU; they had like a million NFL players, so whatever. But that's another story, you know. But you know, there's a lot of things I felt about Jalen Hurts. You know, he improved. Uh, his arm power was fine. You know, he was a good athlete, though. Uh, could run the football and all that stuff. He was a pretty strong dude. Obviously, he was well liked. Was a good leader. Um, but there were definitely things as a quarterback that he was just not better than other guys at. You know, there's a reason why Tua replaced him, but he was a good leader. He stuck with it. He worked really hard. He had the physical tools to get it done. He refined those, became a better quarterback. And ultimately, you know, at the time before he got drafted, I was like, ah, you know, there's a lot of things that you can nitpick at and not like, but ultimately he's a great leader. He's a guy that everyone loves. He brings a lot of energy to the locker room, winning energy to the locker room. He's going to put it all out on the field. You kind of think eventually he's just going to figure it out. You know, he's just going to be okay. And that's all it comes down to sometimes when you have a quarterback, you know, and you kind of, some you might question their work ethic and whatnot, but then you have some that you don't question it at all. And you just think, okay, regardless, you know, of his ceiling and whatnot, he's always going to bring a good good energy to the locker room. And he's always going to work hard. And so, you know, his floor is never going to be really that low. And that's kind of how I feel about Cola Crew as well. I mean, kind of similar styles of play, I would say, and whatnot. But just the energy he brings and whatnot, you kind of just feel like, yeah, he'll, he'll be successful. And if he's not, you know, you know he's going to work hard regardless. Uh, So that's never going to be an issue. He's not going to leave any regret out there and whatnot. He's going to do his best and we'll just see what happens. You know, obviously Wisconsin, they're a good program. They will be taken over by Luke Fickle, who has done really good work with quarterbacks. I know Desmond Ritter out of Cincinnati is a big one that he worked with who didn't really get a lot of recognition coming out of high school, but ended up being a really good quarterback, got drafted, I mean, brought Cincinnati to the college football playoffs and so you kind of see that track record and i like him as a head coach you know offensive minded head coach and so i think cola crew you know going into this system a luke fickle system over at wisconsin should be a good fit i mean obviously if he stuck with them he must have really liked them and whatnot and believes in what they're doing there and so uh yeah i mean that's enough for me and i think no matter what he's gonna work hard he's gonna bring the energy his floor is never gonna be like lower than any other quarterback ceiling you know we'll see it's questionable we'll see how much you know goes his way how hard he works and whatnot uh well i'm not really questioning how hard he works he's gonna work hard but sometimes you know you work hard and naturally you're just not as good as some guys sometimes and that's life you know but you work with what you have and you play the position and you win that's what matters you know even if you don't have some of those things and so regardless i am just saying that i kind of feel the same way i know it's hard to kind of put in words there but that's just a feeling i have and i know it's a lot of pressure and whatnot i'm sure he's getting a whole lot of hype but i think he has the mental fortitude to get through it and at the end of the day it's about winning and playing ball so there you go
And I think he understands that, right, Cody? Absolute. He knows to answer the phone when it's called. But, yeah. Yeah, I think that's uh we <laughs> we have uh, I mean, I feel like a lot of the media has has said the same thing, you know, what a great story, but you know, I think uh, being able to witness it, you know, from the from the time that he he picked up that football and got snaps on varsity, it, I'm I'm grateful to just have witnessed it. So, thank goodness for being born when we were and covering high school football when we did. But uh, you know, that's Cola Crew out of Broomfield, the Wisconsin Badger. Coach V, there's some guys who who. We're just on the outside of, of this list, but I think their names are worth mentioning. Yeah, let's go ahead and talk honorable mentions here before we talk about our number one quarterback. Uh, so first things first, uh, I'll, I'll talk about some of the ones I evaluated. Tyler Kubat out of Fossil Ridge. I know he got hurt this season, and so there's that, but... You know, I still think he's a pretty good quarterback prospect. He is committed to Lindenwood. That is an FCS D1 school, but, you know, uh, still one on the rise, and I think it'll be a good fit for him. Uh, I mean, he's a tall, strong-arm passer here. You know, was really impressed with how he was able to run a more uh, modern offense, pro-ready offense. That's the nice way of saying it. And he did that for multiple years here, multiple seasons. So he's not a one-hit wonder by any means. But for me, he rated out an at an 81.4, just below Tommy here. But still a very good prospect. Uh, rooting for him, he's going to do his thing over at Lindenwood. So there you go. And then I also looked at Tyleek Bowers out of Smoky Hill. He was somebody that maybe I thought could potentially sneak up here as a really good athlete and whatnot. Uh, wasn't quite there. I mean, he's a great scrambler. I believe he is going to Western, but he will be playing running back, which I feel like fits, you know. And so I'm happy for him. He's going to do his thing. Uh, but not quite a quarterback. Maybe, you know, if they uh, want to drop some uh, interesting plays here, they might put him in that wildcat position. But we'll see what happens, though. So there you go. Also looked at Ethan Cook. Got to watch him live. Um, just not quite there. I think the injury, I feel like, is still kind of holding him back a little bit. And so it, it affected how the senior season went. But still a very talented quarterback. Uh, somebody who had a really good junior year, had still a solid senior year, you know, but definitely somebody that probably needs one more year. And then I feel like I could realistically, um, more realistically evaluate him up to his true talents now that he's truly healthy and confident and all that stuff. Because, you know, confidence as well when you go through a tough injury like that does matter. So there you go. Also looked at Isaac Cisneros out of Kennedy. A little bit of a deep dive there. Uh, obviously looked at Isaiah Elliott out of the Academy while we're at it. You know, two really good dual threats. Just quite did not make this list. Xander Carroll from Regis Jesuit was also considered. Watched him live a couple of times. Just wasn't really sold on him as a quarterback. I think he's a great athlete though. But we'll see where he plays on the next level. And then also evaluated Giselle Riley, the fourth here. Um, for reasons that Cody will probably explain here I did not want to put him on the top five and I'm cool with that you can look at my film breakdown from last year and whatnot and he could go from there but I'm just gonna throw it out there now I felt like he regressed uh still a good athlete and whatnot uh wish him all the best at Portland State but I'm not gonna endorse people that I don't want to endorse it's my it's our podcast 
And that's just how it is. But Cody, what do you have to say about our honorable mentions? So I'll, I'll start with the uh, with the low note here. And, it, and it's true, you know, Giselle Riley is somebody who, with, with the average score, would have had a place on our top five. But I alluded to it earlier in the episode that, you know, when evaluating quarterback, there are a lot of different angles to evaluate. Now, Giselle, having met Giselle in person one time, you know, I think Mason met him one time. Seems like a good kid. Seems like a good kid. The surrounding baggage that you might have to face recruiting this quarterback is to us not worth it. And, you know, honestly, it, you might you might find yourself insulted um, if if you do try and do this. Obviously, I hope that, you know, things work out for Portland State and for Giselle. And I hope that a lot was learned this season and during the recruiting process that had to be learned, unfortunately, the hard way um, in, in that household. But I'm going to just leave it there. Um, you got to evaluate all angles. And, um, you know, sometimes people are just trying to help. Sometimes people are just trying to help. And if you're too good for their help, you're going to find yourself not surrounded by anybody. But looking at other quarterbacks here, uh, Tyler Kubai, you know, obviously he did get injured. But, uh, you know, he's still graded pretty solidly for me. He's got good size. He's going to do his thing at Lindenwood. I think that, you know, he's going to recover healthily, um, maybe even bulk up a little bit, which would be pretty sweet. He's got some, you know, mechanical things to work on and some pocket stuff to work on. But, I mean, he obviously, you know, he's a part of history there at Fossil Ridge. He's the greatest quarterback in Fossil Ridge history. You know, he's their first playoff winning quarterback. And, uh, you know, he did have some really cool moments. I think back to that throw to beat Loveland, you know, at the very end of the game. And this was an iconic play for a handful of players there. And, uh, you know, Kubat was definitely helping deal, you know, for these receivers then tight ends that did get offers to a variety of schools. So, you know, Mac, Trek, and uh, Leone, they all benefited from uh, Tyler there, you know, delivering them the rock. And, uh, you know, I think that that's important too, you know, looking at a quarterback that did get their guys offers. Isaac Cisneros here. He's somebody who I evaluated in depth, you know, on that same Twitch stream as Tommy Polsky. He graded out a 77 that time. This time around, he graded out a 76.3. Kind of took a step back as far as decision making, I'd say primarily because his number one receiver was literal, literally triple teamed. So, you know, that was kind of a rough curb to adapt to. But I mean, he still has so much, you know, raw athleticism and ability, especially on the run and scrambling. And, you know, he, he is undersized, unfortunately, at 5'10", 160 pounds. I would like for him to get up to, like, 175. But, I mean, he's somebody who I think could help a D2 team win their conference, honestly, and be the focal point of an offense. I really think that his strengths are that strong and his athleticism is that good. And, you know, his development has shown a lot of promise as well. So, I think he's worth a flyer uh, for that, that D2 NAIA level. Now, obviously, you alluded to, to Tyleek, and, you know, um, that season didn't go exactly the way you wanted it to, but, you know, that, that Smokey Hill squad, uh, he did pick, he did have some big shoes to fill, and I don't think he did, you know, he didn't do a terrible job. I mean, he's not Leslie Richardson, but very few prospects are. And then, you know, um, Xander Carroll, he's somebody who I saw in week one, great athlete, just maybe not the, um, you know, needs some work at quarterback. And then, yeah, Ethan Cook terrible terrible injury that happened at the end of last season i think it interrupted what could have been a top five season this season 
But, uh, you know, I think that his upside is extremely high. Coach V, there were, there were obviously, you know, some, some other quarterbacks that had some good games throughout this year or put up some solid numbers. But uh, there is one who stands above the rest. And you want to talk about a quarterback that uh, got, you know, helped some of his pass catchers get offers. I think that this guy fits that bill pretty well. Yeah, no, for sure. There's been a lot of pressure on him for a really long time, but a great dude. Uh, we'll talk more about that later, though. But our number one quarterback in the class of 2023, to nobody's surprise, is Vista Ridge's Braden Dorman here. Excellent athlete. I mean, he rewrote the record books here uh, for, well, for the most part. He's, his name is up in there. You know, he's one of the best passers of all time in Colorado high school football history. And it's for a good reason. He started for a long time, including through a COVID year as well, uh, which they kind of got gypped out of a playoff spot, in my opinion. But it is what it is. And, uh, you know, you can't do much about it. So let's go ahead and just go down the line, get to the evaluation here. Haven't gone to evaluate him since his sophomore year. I want to say because we evaluated him and then we had him on the show. Uh, so there you go. But it's been a minute and we've been saving it for this. We've watched him plenty of times. I've watched him against Pine Creek the last two years. Palmer Ridge this year uh, in his playoff game against Skyline last year as well. Obviously, he's seen him at TFG tryouts and workouts and competitions and all that stuff. And he always delivers there. So we've I've I mean, we've both watched him plenty of times to be really confident in this evaluation here, especially uh, after a senior year. But let's go down the line. Arm power gave him an 8.8 arm accuracy, though, 9.4. Timing on throws, 9.5. Overall mechanics slash fluidity, 9. Decision-making skills, a little bit lower though, 8.5. Scramble ability is a 7.3. Throw on the run, 8.7. Pocket awareness, 8.6. Pocket movement, 8.5. Frame size, 8.7. For an overall grade of an 87 here for the four-star quarterback. That's on par. Let's talk about what he does best. Uh, talking about his grades here at a 9 and above here. Let's talk mechanics fluidity at a 9. Great mechanics, you know, from uh, bottom to top. I mean, really good mechanics, real smooth pocket passer. I don't think there's going to be anything that you really need to tweak on. And if there is in the future, then some coach probably screwed it up. I'm just going to be honest with you. So there you go. Yeah, I don't think you could get too much better. If you mess around with it too much, you know, it doesn't always end up well for some people. I'm just being real. So there you go. Now. Uh, moving up to the, some of these higher grades, arm accuracy 9.4, timing on throws 9.5. Obviously, you know, extremely accurate passer uh, on all three levels. Extremely good with this timing as well. And I'm going to throw this out there. This is something that maybe not everyone is always looking for. But when you have elite quarterbacks, you know, there are certain things that makes them elite. Whether it's their ability to be a great dual threat. You know, really strong arm, great runner. Or their ability to be a great scrambler. You know, elite scrambler, good enough arm, right? Or they're a great passer, you know, and maybe they're a little bit of a legacy like Archer Manning. You know, high IQ type of players, right? 
knows where to put the football. And then you got guys like Braden Dorman who here who are really good pocket passers. And one of those elite things about his game is that he has an extremely good control on the velocity of all of his throws. Whether it's short, medium, deep, he controls that velocity extremely well. Better than, better than any quarterback I've seen in Colorado. The last quarterback I have been able to see really control that velocity on those throws was Kyler Murray, to be honest with you, truthfully. Uh, the difference, though, is that Kyler Murray was also able to do that on the run uh, pretty seamlessly as well. You know, just control that velocity. And it's something that's really hard to teach. You either got to touch to do it or not. And Dorman does. You know, and he has had that for a really long time. It's not something that just developed his senior year, junior year, his sophomore year. You could definitely see, you know, that he was able to control that velocity to a detail that some other quarterbacks just don't possess. They just don't possess that touch. But he does. And that's what separates him from other guys. Because his ability to control the velocity on his throws on all three levels. You know, and you still obviously, I mean, if you're throwing deep, you still got to put some juice on it. But for him to also control the velocity is big time. And it allows him to fit it into some very tight windows here. Make some excellent throws. Be real precise up and down the football field. You know, you love to see it. You really do love to see it. Uh, it's special, really, just his ability to do that because um, he has, I mean, it just shows that he has a very good arm talent in general, you know, and so there you go. I think that's something that just separates him from everyone, not only on this list, but in the country naturally, just his ability to consistently control that velocity and, you know, just really time these throws well. You know, he could be getting hit. He will throw it a little bit early, but it's still going to get there on time for the receiver without missing a beat. And that happens a lot. And so uh, can't praise that enough there. I'm going to leave it at that for now. I'm going to talk about some of his lower grades here. Gave him an 8.5 for decision-making skills, a 7.3 for scramble ability. Uh, I'll start with the scramble ability. He's a lot faster and a better athlete than I honestly thought. Uh, this year, you kind of saw some of that. You know, he moves around pretty well. And I think on the next level, he is somebody that could extend plays. You know, he moves around in the pocket pretty well, relatively well. And, you know, he's going to be able to escape rushers just enough to get off a good throw. You know, I think he is that athletic to do that. Now, is he going to rip off 30 and 20 yard gains? No, he was not really able to do that in high school. So I don't think he's going to be able to do that on the power five level either. Sorry to break it to you, but that's not really his game. So it doesn't matter as long as he's able to continue to get out of the pocket and evade those defenders just enough. That is what matters. That agility more so than top end speed. Now, talking about decision making skills, it's not bad. It's at an 8.5. And here's the thing. Guys like Cola Crew, Joseph Capra kind of get away with being dual threats because, you know, when there's not something there in the passing game, they could just run it. With Dorman, you can't just run it. I don't think you could just run it because you're not the level of athlete they are. And I think he's very aware of that. And even if you were to run it, how far could you really get? You know, and so there are limits to that game. But. Just in general, seeing some of his decision making, I think there are times he gets a little bit too gunslinger 
ish. Like he really feels like, yeah, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just squeeze it into this tight window here. It's gonna be great, uh, and that's gonna make up for, you know, maybe it not being the best decision. And I think he relies on that just a little bit too much here. It could be cleaned up here. I think there are times where he's just a little bit sloppy in some of his uh, reads and whatnot. And, you know, he does benefit. I'm going to throw this out there. He does benefit from playing with great receivers and Keyshawn Dooley and B.B. Hills. Uh, B.B. going to Washington State. Keyshawn, he's still playing on the next level who know what they're doing. You know, and are great route runners and get great separation and do a lot of the heavy lifting, you know, with some of these short throws that they just house it, you know, 50 yards and whatnot. They do a lot of great stuff. And so when you play with great receivers, it's kind of easier to be like, okay, you know, I, I don't have to make the greatest decision because I could also just throw it up there and he'll eventually go get it. Or I could just check it down and he'll make a big play. You know, so I do think he kind of gets, he does get bailed out of some of those decisions there. And I think on the next level, he's going to consistently have to make tough decisions faster. You know, especially, I, I'm going to throw this out there, especially against pressure and against the blitz here. Would like to see him just be a little bit sharper in those situations. Um, I don't just comparing him to other quarterbacks especially quarterbacks that i've evaluated like jackson arnold uh archie manning i think those guys really attack defenses um best when they are blitzing when they are when the defense is trying to get aggressive with them you know when they get aggressive the quarterback gets aggressive with Dorman, i don't quite see that you know uh when people bring the blitz and whatnot you know i think he'll make the right decision but i don't think he always attacks that and takes advantage of some of those mismatches as good as he can sometimes and you know what i did watch him play some of uh, the toughest defenses he's ever played in his career the only one i didn't get to watch was fountain for carson i believe that was his sophomore year uh because uh, that was the COVID year, so I wasn't able to attend that one, uh, either of those games. And that that defense back then, led by Ty Fave and all those corners and safeties and all that great stuff, was big time. And they got some pretty big turnovers in that game, so that's the only one I didn't see. But what I did see him play against was Palmer Ridge. You know, had the number one corner in our class, plus, uh, well, two corners in our top five list from this year. You know, plus a safety, I'm pretty sure, as well. They're a good secondary. He kind of struggled against them. I mean, they really had to rely on the run game in those games. And, you know, part of it is also just Vista Ridge as well on the roster. You work with what you got there. And Palmer Ridge has maybe more of a complete roster. Uh, that's not going to sound popular, but that's how I see it. And that's how it turned out because they won both times they played. And he just didn't do as well against them. Against Pine Creek, um, obviously Pine Creek does have a better roster then Vista Ridge, I mean, they have one of the best rosters in all of Southern Colorado Springs. Uh, Southern Colorado, period. Colorado, really, period. And so, there were some struggles there. That game, his junior year, 
was really concerning uh just seeing him make some really boneheaded decisions made up for it though because his senior year played a lot better i think he was a lot sharper he put out his best foot in my opinion that's one of his best games that he played even though it may not show completely on the stat sheet i think he played a really good game they're not doing too much but doing just enough knowing when he had to force the issue but not making too many really bad mistakes here and so i really liked his improvement from junior to senior year and that aspect of decision making playing against a top defense but i am also going to throw out there i don't think he has necessarily beat a top defense in these last two years which is also why his decision making is at an 8.5 i know he's talented and whatnot and he works hard but maybe he's just not quite seeing it fast enough or processing it fast enough to win some of those games and i know some of those teams are better but you know if you have the better quarterback and you're truly legit you gotta at least win some of those games that you really shouldn't be winning you know and so that's how i see it like i said i'm gonna be tough i'm gonna be gritty with it and those are things you could improve on i think i would really like to see him continue to get better uh work on that iq more it's not bad it's still you know at a pretty good level here and i think he has a good understanding of the game and could probably talk it well on a chalkboard or board or whatever i don't doubt that at all but in game you know how is that gonna be you know in pads how are you going to play? How are you going to approach pressure? How aggressive are you going to get? You know, and how good are you going to be consistently against pressure? Those are different questions. That's why he's graded at what he's at, though. Still very talented, though. That's not taking anything from him. Um, I also am going to throw this out there. He's a good leader. Uh, all I hear is good things about him. He's just a good dude. Does a lot for the community. Uh, does a lot just helping out his teammates working with that chemistry i think he is a very cool calm collected dude and i think that's gonna translate really well to an arizona program that may not have had the most stability the last couple years but cody what is your evaluation of brain Dorman, and what do you think of mine yeah i think that you're gonna hear some similarities when when talking about you know the things that he does well some similarities when talking about the thing that he he needs to improve. I mean, we have the same things highlighted for the improvements. So, you know, I think that that is that is there and yeah, let's just go ahead and climb down these these grades here. So, arm power, I have at an 8.8. .8. Arm accuracy, 9. Timing on throws, 8.9. Overall mechanics/fluidity, 9.2. Decision-making skills, 8.3. Scramble ability, 7.5. Throw on the run ability, 8.7. Pocket awareness, 9. Pocket movement, 8.7. Frame slash size, 9.1. For an overall grade of 87.2. And I believe that makes his overall grade an 87.1 here. So collectively, 0.2 points ahead of the next guy. But let's talk about this SoCo product here. And yeah, I just think that, like what you said, the worst thing you could probably do for his mechanics is try and work on them. I think that they are so smooth and it's just, you know, he glides through his throwing motion very easily. There's, and I, I watched again and again and again and again and again. And it's, I mean, you could get nitpicky about he is, you know, his perfect base is not perfect every time. 
And so, but I mean, at a 9.2, who really cares? Honestly, you know, I think that he does everything that you really could ask of a quarterback. I think that it's just very smooth. There's not wasted time or space. There's not wasted movements. And, you know, I think that the biggest thing, I mean, you look at all these other mechanics and fluidity. Caden Box was the only one who was close at 8.9. Everyone else was 8.6 or below. And I think that consistency has the biggest thing to do with that. And so Brayden Dorman consistently displayed phenomenal mechanics and fluidity. And so that is why his grade is climbed at that rate there. And I mean, you know, he has kind of a nine in uh, different, different areas of the game of football, right? So that one is how does he throw the football? He throws it well, he throws it beautifully, he throws it extravagantly, and he throws it, you know, consistently in that matter. You look at his pocket, you know, I mean... Pocket movement, I have an 8.7. I think that he manipulates the pocket very well. I think that he slides. I think that he steps up in the pocket. Most of all, he's very, very comfortable stepping up in the pocket and, you know, you know, using pump fakes to his advantage and whatnot and opening up opportunities in that sense. But I think his awareness, he just feels pressure. You know, it, it kind of reminds me of almost the the matrix when neo starts fighting the agent with just one hand because he just has such a feel for you know what are they going to do he predicts it very well i think that dorman not only pre-snap does a lot to kind of get into that mode get into that rhythm but i think he just really does have a awareness around him that is you know the most sixth sense out of any of these quarterbacks on this list here at that nine where you know he can feel his lineman getting pushed in and he just moves without looking, or he can, you know, feel like we, he could feel a butterfly flap its wings on the other end of the planet, right? And he feels the that wind that carries over, and uh, you know, he's very sensitive to to those movements, and he adapts accordingly very, very well. And uh, yeah, it's just it's one more part of his shtick here that just of making it look so so easy, in my opinion. And then, you know, talking about his arm itself. Power of 8.8, accuracy of 9, timing of 8.9. I mean, the only reason that it's not an exact 9 is, okay, sometimes he saw it like a millisecond late. And, you know, it, that's that's what it's all about is being a little bit nitpicky here. But I think that accuracy-wise, he puts it where it needs to be religiously, honestly. And, you know, he adapts where it's going to be for his receivers. Like Coach V said, obviously changing up that velocity and that control, you know, is... You know, definitely a category of its own in in some sense, but you know, arm power and arm accuracy wise, I think that when whenever you have to change it up on them, you know, it shows the control and the power, but it does show you know being smart about how the football has to get there and being accurate and how the football has to get there. And you know, I think that he he gives his receivers opportunities to make plays on the ball. He likes his matchups. He reads his matchups well, and you know, he puts them in a place where they can succeed honestly. And, you know, this accuracy, I really think that if I wasn't being super nitpicky, I think it started off as like a 9.3 and, uh, you know, just kind of looked for reasons to to bring it down through watching, you know, also Braden and Keyshawn's film. I had to take that into mind because, you know, some of the spectacular grabs that they make aren't maybe the most accurate throws of Braden on Braden Dorman's part. But regardless, very consistent accuracy wise sitting here at a nine arm power. You know, shows good velocity across all levels. So like that at an 8.8. Um, doesn't really leave like smoke coming off the ball, you know. Never really rips it entirely on fire like that. And, uh, you know, I think that 
that there are prospects whose deep ball can go further and you know kid and box kind of being one of those guys i think but you know across the country i think that 8-8 knocking on that four star door is is very appropriate there timing on throws like i said the majority of the time like not 89 percent of the time i should probably say you know the ball is right where it needs to be sometimes a hair late but you know definitely being a bit nitpicky in that sense and then i think something that took a pretty tremendous jump for me especially this past year was his throw on the run and i think that he just got more comfortable moving now it's the exact same score as simon here but i just really want to comment on how well he did especially on flood concepts rolling out right as far as you know he's directing guys on where they need to be and one play in particular i think it was in the pine creek game that we went and saw live where you know he's directing Keyshawn to kind of sneak behind uh, the linebackers that are flowing this way and he just throws an absolute dot to Keyshawn that he's able to catch and turn up field and uh, you know make the most out of and it turns into a really big play off of you know something where the sideline was approaching and the defenders were crashing down and he didn't really have anywhere to go but he still made a play out of that and I think that you know obviously IQ wise that's very very high level of him but being able to make that throw while directing traffic and you know just being a conductor of sorts, he's very, very good at that while on the move. And I think that, you know, that's obviously another huge reason why he's such a great prospect. And uh, yeah, just the throws that he's all that he was also able to make on the run this year were spectacular. He, nothing short of spectacular. It's the second highest grade of throw on the run in this batch for me. So, and I think that that's accurate, despite maybe not being you know, the speed demon or the athletic threat on the ground that some of these other guys are. I still think that he holds his own. It did take substantial strides for me, you know, even making it to a 7.5. And I think that's more than fair. You know, there are plays where he does score touchdowns and uh, he does figure it out on the ground and he does what he needs to, I think. And I think that, you know, when you look at Tommy Poholsky's grade and you look at Braden Dorman's grade, you can see something pretty similar in that sense of guys that, you know, are, you know, primarily pocket quarterbacks, but they can move, they can pick up yards if necessary. And fortunately for Braden Dorman, I mean, he's tall, so his strides travel a pretty long way as well. And I think that, you know, he he played that up. But, uh, you know, I don't know if I'd ask him to rip a spin move or juke anybody. So at 7.5, it, it sits. And then decision-making, I have it at 8.3 here. And, you know, just like Coach V, I think that there's some windows where he thinks he sees it and it's definitely not there. So, you know, I want him to stop taking those risks that much. I'd rather him, you know, there are a few times watching him, especially in the Pine Creek game where I'm like, you should have thrown that ball away instead. And, um, you know, I think that that's where that, that in my mind, seeing that in person is where the decision-making skills part comes from. I think that he's super capable of going through progressions. I think that he understands defensive concepts like Coach V was talking about. Obviously the Pine Creek secondary is arguably the most talented secondary in the state right now. Um, it at least will be heading into this class of 2024 year, in my opinion. And so I think that, you know, that is something to consider. But you should know, playing against that talented secondary, probably throw the ball away instead in some of those situations, right? So, 
you know, that's my only, but even then it's not an 8.3 because he does make reads. He does read from a spread. He also, you know, can make reads and mechanically something that I love about Braden Dorman, just talking about something good again, is he's somebody who, you know, when they were forced to run it out of more of an I form set, he is somebody who is able to still do a really nice drop back from under center, which is just something that's not really asked of as much now, but I think it's just a great testament to his mechanics that he is, you know, multifaceted in his dropbacks and can adjust his dropback depending on the formation. Very, very clean, very well. It's very seamless. So, you know, that is, that's Braden Dorman at an 87.2 and, you know, Coach V at an 87.1. But, uh, you know, talking, talking outlook here for him, this was a, this was a highly coveted prospect here, Coach V. I mean, just looking through his offers here, Offered to Wisconsin, Oregon State, Mississippi State, Middle Tennessee, Louisiana Tech, Kansas, Iowa State, CSU, CU, Cal, but ultimately lands at Arizona. What do you think of my evaluation and what do you think of this commitment? You already commented on a little bit, but feel free to explore more. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with your evaluation here. I mean, he does a lot of good things, obviously, at quarterback. I think he's a good pro-style quarterback. I am going to comment just this real quick here. Uh, I was considering moving up his arm power, but honestly, just watching, I, I just don't think it deserves a 9 right now. I think he's just below that, below a 5-star, like, crazy great arm power here. It's good, you know, it's fine, but... I mean, it's not better than Jackson Arnold's. I think he's probably closer to Arch Manning, who I had uh, rated pretty close to Dorman, actually, here. Uh, here, I might as well. Or actually, that might be a episode for another time. Here, I'll say how uh, close he was to Arch. He was, like, basically one point away from Arch. Uh, actually, yeah, one point away from Arch. So, there you go. I think they're very similar in how they play the game, to be honest with you. I think, though... He can potentially get a stronger arm if he continues to put on weight. He's probably somebody who should be able to put on 20 or 30 pounds here and be in a better spot as far as that goes and as far as his arm power goes. I mean, he's 6'5", 200. He's kind of been floating around that 200 range for a really long time. I think he could definitely afford to move up and get bigger, get stronger, you know. And he will. He will over at Arizona. So... Yeah, I mean, he's a guy who works pretty hard. I, I'm just going to throw this out there. You know, I also live in Colorado Springs, and I don't exactly live, you know, super far away from Vista Ridge either here. Um, I'm not going to say where I live exactly uh, because, uh, you know, there's been some issues with that. But, you know, I definitely live around enough people and also work with enough people because I also work for the city of Colorado Springs where, you know, I kind of hear a lot about athletes and things that go on i think that's something some athletes don't realize and so when i feel some type of way about evaluating them it's because i know things that they know that i don't know but with Dorman, he's clean as a whistle i mean this is a dude that everyone admires i mean he's a great guy 
honestly really patient and he works hard i mean he really works out hard i know he's been working out here uh he did early enroll into arizona but over that break he was really really putting in that work and so i don't doubt that he can put on weight and improve that arm power a little bit but just a little side note here uh, let's talk about his commitment though. He is committed to Arizona. Was a little surprised, I guess. I kind of felt like Oregon State was really, like they were really trying to recruit him. Like they were pushing super hard, it felt. And I felt like maybe that would be a place. Mississippi State uh, with that air raid was, um, you know, that was another idea as well, obviously. Uh, the coach is not there anymore, rest in peace and whatnot. But I felt like that would have been a really good fit. But he picked Arizona, which is interesting here. And so I don't think he would pick it if he didn't feel like he could compete and eventually get on the field here. And just looking at the roster, they do have that chance for Jaden DeLora. Um, originally at Washington State, then moved to Arizona. Had a, I mean, you know, he had an okay year, you know, through for let's see here through for 3,685 yards 25 touchdowns to 13 picks though which is kind of a lot so we'll see but he's actually only a sophomore i believe he will be a junior next year if i'm if i'm not mistaken there and then they also have noah fafita who was a four-star guy from california he was a freshman this year and so it is a little bit crowded here but you know Jaden or Jaden Dorman. Braden Dorman does some things better than Jaden Delora uh, and and Noah Fafita as well. I think he's a more honestly just a bit more talented as a thrower. He controls that accuracy a lot better than those two throw a bit more accurate balls. Is able to um, you know really change up the velocity there. And so he's gonna go out there. He's gonna compete. Did get to attend his signing day here at Vista Ridge. And did get to talk to him quite a bit here. Uh, like I said, I'm just going to continue to say this. Just a really good dude. But, you know, uh, he he's looking forward to competing. That's why he enrolled early to get a nice little head start. And so we will see what happens. He It's not going to come easy. You know, he's going to have to compete. But obviously, he's not one to shy from competition. And, uh, I mean, we should be proud of that. You know, he's a talented quarterback. And he's going to put in the work here. And we'll just have to see what happens there because it is, I'm not even going to lie, it is a little bit of a stacked quarterback room. But Cody, what do you think about his commitment and what I had to say there? Yeah, I definitely just want to echo that, you know, Oregon State was right there. They were they were pursuing it pretty hard and, uh, you know, they got to be feeling some kind of way. But, uh, you know, he seems very, very happy. With his with his commitment which is all that we can hope for obviously you know we want our all of our you know pmc fam to to be happy where they land and you know i think that he he did do that and he seems very excited and you know the the good old u of a is very excited to have him from what it looks like you know he's just done he's just been very welcomed there it feels like and um you know i think that like you said he him getting there ahead of time is obviously going to help and you know, he, he does not shy away from competition. That is just not who he is uh, as a football player. It's not who he has ever been, really. And so, you know, I think that um, I'm just very excited to see wh where that goes and, you know, just um, 
yeah, I'm, I'm very excited for him. And I also want to echo, you know, that, that interview, make sure to go ahead and double back for that one. And I can't wait to hopefully get a round two of interview with Braden here. But uh, just very, very polite. You know, it's weird to say kid because this dude is literally a half foot taller than me, if not more. So, but I mean, he's just a very good guy and, you know, he's very polite and mild mannered at that time. And, you know, I think that his confidence only grew as people believed in him more. And I think that, you know, he did have a lot of pressure. He was getting national attention and, you know, that was, it was a bit of, you know, bit of uncommon ground uh, honestly with uh, some of our Colorado quarterbacks but uh, you know I think that he's done well handling that pressure he's lived up to the pressure through his high school career very excited to see what he does for you know his his collegiate career and you know I think that as far as that tr transition goes he's off to a pretty good start because he made some pretty good plays in um what was that the Polynesian Bowl Simon if I'm not wrong yeah, it was. I'm pretty sure he had like two touchdowns and over 150 yards, no turnovers, which is big time uh, against some of the best in the country. And so that's huge. I mean, obviously, you love to see that. And I mean, just kind of talking about his leadership a little bit more. I mean, he's a pro, you know, he's, he's a pro's pro. He handles himself really well um, as a leader. I mean, you could tell. You know, he's just that guy that really holds together a locker room, I would say, is a very good personality to have in there. Not only because he's going to work hard, but, you know, he's a very personable guy. And then under pressure, he keeps us cool, too. You know, there's so some, steady. Yeah. So steady. Yeah. There are some very tough situations that Vista Ridge were in. And, I mean, he, I mean, he didn't hesitate. He didn't blink. You know, he looked it straight in the eye and he did what he could, you know, and sometimes that's all you really can do sometimes, you know, just handling what you can and going from there. And like I said, handles himself as, um, I mean, he's, he's a just very pro style type of dude, not only as a quarterback, but as a person too. very mature, I would say as well, just handle himself really well, has handled the pressure really well. And so as a leader, as a person on the football field, that's kind of something you're getting just a very steady presence, you know, a quarterback that's going to keep it together there, uh, not only personally, but uh, keep a team together as well, which also matters, especially when your backs are against the wall. And, you know, as a football coach, you love to have that in a quarterback. You love to have a guy that you just know you could rely on um, as a person to, you know, keep it going and work hard and, you know, give you his best effort day in, day out. And I think that's just what he's going to do, you know. And so uh, definitely a different type of leader from McCullough Crew. I don't think he's as, uh, you know, uh, vocal and emotional as him sometimes. But, you know, you don't want to be what you're not. And I think he realizes that and he's found his own style that really works well and is well respected for. And I think it's going to translate really well on the next level. And, you know, leadership, that's not exactly we grade here. We don't. But, you know, it's these conversations that really kind of help put that out there because, you know, being a quarterback is not just being able to throw or run the football. It's also being able to lead and face adversity when things aren't going your way because that's inevitable. You know, it really is. But you got to react to it regardless. So you could either do it the right way or the wrong way. So there you go. Dorman does it the right way. That's why that's one of the reasons why he's our number one quarterback along with his talent. Also, I'm just going to throw this out there. His ceiling is definitely up there. You know, I, I, I know the arm power isn't quite, 
you know, super flashy, isn't as strong as some of the top guys in the country yet. But I think he could definitely get there and be one of those guys. I was like, oh yeah, he, he was a, you know, he was a four-star guy, you know. But you know, he outplayed all these five-star guys someday because you know he either outworked them or he just outdeveloped them. It happens a lot. So we'll just uh, we'll have to see what happens. But really excited for Braden out there. Cody, is there anything else you want to add on here? to uh this evaluation and uh anything you want to say about Braden Dorman further I mean I just want to echo you know I'm I'm very glad that I got to that that you know we were able to be be around for this and and get to cover such a historic Colorado player and you know I'm very proud of him I'm very proud of everything that he worked for and you know everything that uh, he carved out himself and the support that he used and how grateful he is and just how cool of a guy he is. I'm very, very happy for him. But if um, if you don't have anything else to add on, I got a little bit of a bingo card for our for our uh, recap of this list here to blow some minds, maybe. Sure. Yeah. Go ahead. He doesn't know what that means, but but he's letting he's giving it a chance anyway. So with recapping this list, I decided you know these guys scored a lot of touchdowns this year. How many touchdowns do we have in this top five group? And it's pretty awesome. So I'm going to talk about it as we go through these guys. So at number five out of Evergreen, the Iowa commit, Tommy Paholsky here, responsible for 37 passing touchdowns, eight rushing touchdowns, 45 total touchdowns on the 2022 season and 72 on his career. Joseph Capra out of Denver South, the heck of an engineer, Colorado School of Mines commit and also that uh, hockey champion here responsible for 40 touchdowns, 25 passing, 15 rushing this year and 87 on his career. Caden Box, the Northern Colorado Bears, go Bears out of Skyline here, 24 passing touchdowns, one rushing this year for 25 total out of his 34 on the career. Cole LaCrue here. The beast of Broomfield, who's going to be a badger, going for the bees there. Passed it for 26 scores this year. Ran for 20 scores this year for 46 total touchdowns on the year. Out of his 90 total in his career. And the number one quarterback in Colorado of the class of 2023, Braden Dorman of Vista Ridge, the University of Arizona commit with 49 passing touchdowns this year, five rushing touchdowns for 54, over a half century of touchdowns, but his career total of 116 passing touchdowns and seven career rushing touchdowns makes for 123 total touchdowns. So Simon, this past season, our top five quarterbacks had 210 combined touchdowns and over the course of their careers, have over 400 touchdowns amongst these five players, which is absurd. And that includes with Caden Box's limited starts because of injury being at 34. I mean, that's still a chunk of these absurd ludicrous numbers and this absurdly talented class. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, 
This is the best quarterback class that we've evaluated up to date here. Uh, the first one was really good, though. I'm not going to lie. Luke McAllister, Leslie Richardson, uh, all those cats over there. It was awesome. Shout out Wolverton. Um, yeah, well, I'm just name, naming the top two guys. But, yeah, no, it was a good class for sure. Uh, last year's class was solid. You know, but it was definitely not on this level. This class was definitely something special. Even then, you had a couple guys that we went ahead and left out as well. You know, I mean, there's a reason four of these five guys are, they have some sort of opportunity to play on the D1 level. The one guy who doesn't, I mean, he committed to Mines really early, but Mines is a high level D2. So that's pretty big time. And so that's, I mean, that's huge. I don't think. We've had this many D1 commits at quarterback before. So, uh, yeah, I mean, this is definitely a historic class. And altogether, now that this series is over, uh, we will probably eventually put out a graphic, maybe along with this episode. So go ahead and follow us on social media at Playmakers Corner, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, all that great stuff. But we'll probably put out a graphic talking about how many of the players that made our top five that either committed to a D1 or was given an opportunity to go to D1. Maybe they didn't commit though, but they were given that opportunity to play for D1 because it's kind of a lot. It's more than the majority, more than the majority for sure, which is over half, uh, more than over half. It's probably two thirds or more. And you know, some of them are preferred walk-ons and whatnot, but honestly, you're gonna have to compete regardless whether you're on scholarship or on a walk-on. Obviously there's a money difference there, but competition is competition. And, I mean, these boys from Colorado have come to play, and, you know, we really try to pick out the best players uh, at each position. You know, not just players that already have D1 offers, but players that we truly believe are D1 caliber, because uh, that's what matters, and we're real truthful with that, I would say, and try to do our best with that. And if you don't agree, that's fine. Don't agree, but put in the work, you know, because I know you haven't yet, so it is what it is. We've done it, and that's another year another series done and i just want to congratulate once again all of these class of 2023 colorado high school football players former high school football players soon to be college football players uh really excited to root for all of them that's uh, where the fun really begins honestly but we'll see what happens cody is there anything else you want to add on as we close here uh, i just want to i just want to thank you know Obviously, anybody who's been with us to to this point in our journey and uh, appreciate all the listeners and fans and, you know, encourage everyone to continue to find ways to listen to us. Obviously, Coach V plugged, you know, our social medias at Playmaker Corner on Twitter, Playmakers Corner on Instagram, Playmakers Corner on Facebook. We got Playmakers Corner on TikTok as well for some visual content, visual aid with our, you know, podcast and with our segments to kind of preview and give you a taste of what to expect from, you know, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor, and Spotify, or anywhere you listen to podcasts, really, as well as YouTube, and hopefully getting back on Twitch uh, sometime soon. But regardless, you know, evaluating these players, evalu- this top five list means a lot to to us and the players that, you know, we've, and this is this is just straight up, the players that we have gotten opportunities by putting them on our top five list and, you know, providing those opportunities, it's very special to, to me and I know Coach V as well. And so, you know, we appreciate all you guys for, for listening. We appreciate the players and, 
the relationships that we've been able to develop from these and especially you know this class probably more than any other because you know these guys that first saw the football field as sophomores or really popped onto the scene as sophomores we got to witness in in real time and grow up with them a little bit you know as a podcast and so it's just been very very special for to watch this class and you know congratulations to all the seniors and you know once again congratulations to our finale here Tommy Boholski at number five, Joseph Capra at number four, Caden Box at number three, Cola Crew at number two, and the number one 2023 quarterback, Braden Dorman. Huge congrats to all those guys. Thank you all so much. If there's nothing else to add on, I've been one of your co-hosts, Cody Stoffer. I'm your other co-host, Simon Voyanos. AKA Coach V. Also, by the way, if you want to check out our other top five uh, episodes, there's a playlist on YouTube, and then there's a link to all those episodes there. So you could check that out if you really want to. But uh, I have been your co host, Coach V, and we will catch you later. Goodbye.